Intercept Broadcast. Access Podcast 1980X. bad that that game will never get a sequel I don't know man stranger things have happened like I really don't think it's impossible for Bullet Witch to get a sequel on like a cell phone or, like, <laughs> well yeah you know what I mean yeah a full sequel totally not <clears throat> yeah what about a Viking how about Viking what about Viking that seems actually that would seem less because Viking would a- get Viking would get a sequel next generation and then what would happen is people would look back on it with like nostalgia colored glasses and be like, "Oh yeah, Viking was that that cool game. Good." Kind of the way that like the only way to make a series of games now, like to create an IP, is to basically just bite the bullet and and know that your first game is going to suck, and your second game is going to be successful based on the fact that you had a first game, even though it was reviewed reviewed poorly. Like that's how it's going to work from now on. Like Dead Space was reviewed great, sold nothing. The new one reviewed amazing it's going to sell a million times more because they invested all this money and design into a first game that was terrible just so they could suggest that there be a sequel in other words you know you know what i mean anything yeah. that has a perceived history behind it that's, this, is automatically I think that's valued. this generation's story totally 100 percent. assassin's creed prototype infamous but infamous was reviewed really well and sold like shit same thing Oh, so you're ba- so okay. So it's either gonna be a bad game and sell like crap, or be a good game but still sell poorly. Yeah, yeah. Resistance, resistance, mirrors. Resistance edge. is like mirrors edge is a story tree. waiting to be told. Guarantee that's gonna happen before this generation's up. God, I hope so. Dante's Inferno. Dante's same thing's Inferno. gonna happen. The next one's gonna be amazing. Dante's Inferno. Sell tons more, even though the first one sold quite a bit. Sold well enough for them to be like, what's this? Dark Siders. Dark Siders. Yeah. I saw already people were like, that game's pretty good. It's like, why didn't you buy it when it came right. out at full price? Bayonetta. I guarantee the next Bayonetta is going to sell like five times as much <clears> as it did uh, before. Because so many people, there's like this wake of talk about Bayonetta. You know? Yeah. Even though people have not played it, there's just like a wake that people are just immersed in of discussion about it. Like, gamers can't, de- even if you've never played Bayonetta, you can't like wade through all this fucking game of the year talk without hearing Bayonetta a thousand times and at least be curious. Yeah. Or at least come to the understanding that it's a good game. Yeah. You just missed it. So they'd be idiots sales-wise if they didn't make a sequel. But I really hope that game does not get a sequel. Dead Rising. Dead Rising. For sure. Crackdown. Crackdown, for sure. Irregardless of the success of the sequel. Yeah. That's bad. I don't like that. No, it's terrible. Because horrible. if you think back to like the the, the, the days of Nintendo, the model was, and this model was like this precedent <laughs> was set by Nintendo themselves. Yeah. The model and Mario. The model was, you make a game and then even if they didn't mean to do this, they did it by releasing Mario too. You make a game and then you totally change the formula, and try something totally new mm-hmm. for the second game, and then because they released Mario two in America. Or because they released that Japanese game as Mario 2 in America, they automatically set themselves up for making sequels that had almost nothing to do with the games prior. You know, like they set the precedent for themselves. And yeah. then all those companies around them were basically like watching them at that point because yeah. they knew what they were doing and they're like, oh, our sequel should have almost nothing to do with the first game because that's what Nintendo does. That's good. 
Yeah. And so that like bred all this novelty. But now that novelty is being totally destroyed and like sucked out of the industry by like sequelization. Now movies are like movies in that way also. You yeah. Know? It's really weird. That's why I don't like new Mario games. Sunshine was the last game to like try and take it in a different direction. Now every Mario game is like a flashier, more mechanically competent uh, game. But it's got the same aesthetics. For all intents and purposes, my brain was seeing the graphics that we have right now when it played Mario 64. You know, because my brain was filling in the gaps. Yeah. So I'm not really that impressed by it. I'm interested in like where the art goes, and it's the same fucking thing <laughs> every time. Wonder what started that? That sequelization? I don't know. Halo? I was gonna say Halo. Probably Halo. Just I would just say first person shooters in general. The Xbox. <laughs> the, just Xbox. the release of the Xbox. America stamping its big foot into games. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Japanese games right. even switch things up into the PS2 era. They still kept that Nintendo model of novelty going. They kept trying and yeah. They would Americans they would, were like, I don't know. Yeah. I like things I'm familiar with. Like, I'll always remember how much people don't like Devil May Cry 2. Totally. That's the perfect example. And I'm like, I, that game's fine. It's, 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 it's different. It's sure. not the first game. Right. It's not the first game. But people hate it because it's not the first game. It's weird. <clears throat> American. Weird. So, is Mass Effect 2 game of the year? No. Okay. Okay. No. Okay. Is and I'm it, pretty is, sure... Is Mass Effect 2 in the top 10? I know I've gone on record as saying that the longer it's been since I played that game, the less I liked it. But it, now it's been so long that I don't even remember. Is Mass Effect 2 in the top 10? For me, yeah, because I did enjoy it. I did enjoy playing the game. Yeah. But it's not game of the year. I think it's pretty. it's a pretty fun game. The trajectory of that series is going in a direction I don't like. I'm almost positive that the third game you're not going to play a Shepard. You don't think so? Well, else you'll play focus like, so you'll much play, on that you'll, guy. You'll play ne- like next to him? You'll focus on that guy waiting for Shepard to come. And so they can, the have that moment, game, they can have that moment where your Shepard shows up and you're like, what have I been doing the whole time? Possibly. Or I just... I just they, they can't <clears> focus that much on that weird character. I just think they're steering it toward Mass Effect Online. Yeah. Like, they're going to get Old Republic out. It's going to be not as good as Warcraft. They're going to learn a lot of stuff from it. It's going to be their dead space. Like, the th- like, all right, it did okay. Now let's make our property right. that everyone loves. Yeah, that's possible. That's what everybody wants. <sighs> but no, it's top ten, but it's not the best game of the year. It just boggles my mind. I've been playing it because... It actually boggles my mind that people have given that game of the year. Yeah. Well, I can understand. Well, I can understand, but like the... Obviously, my bias. I'm like, I don't... Well, games that are released at the beginning of the year have the benefit of nostalgia. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you popped in Mass Effect 2 and tried to play it right now, maybe it wouldn't do so well. But I played it for the first time or started playing it, and I don't know. I'm not very far into it at all. I'm like... Maybe about ten hours in or something. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's a really like competent game and it's put together so nice and yeah. 
there's all these aspects to it, especially the voice acting, that are really great. But you know, the more I like, the more I play it, I just I don't like its like vision of the future. It's got that like Star Trek vision of the future, which I really dig the next generation, but it's just like that's why I like the first one better than the second one. As a yeah, as a artistic experience. Why? Because I like that really weird like diplomatic Star Trek thing for some reason. Yeah. No. Okay. Because <clears throat> it's more That's grounded. In, it's more. It's more grounded in hard science than Star Wars. Like Star Wars is science fantasy. Yeah. Star Trek is science fiction. Right. Well, I mean, unfortunately, the future is probably. Uh, this is what I was talking to someone about this saying that you know, even though Mass Effect Two is moving away from the Star Trek. Yeah. Vibe, this one was way more Star Wars. Uh, it's it's in a way becoming more realistic because I mean the future is not going to be like Star Trek. No. Who would want it to be? It sounds like a fucking nightmare. I mean, it's comfortable. <laughs> it's like saying the future is going to be a couch. Yeah. Well, that'll be <laughs> a really diplomatic military state. Perfect. Everyone has their place and everything's yeah. taken care of. <laughs> yeah. Well, the future will be more like Star Wars, where it's just fucking chaos. Yeah. And someone's trying to control things, but they're not doing a great job. Yeah. Um. But that's the part I don't like about Mass Effect Two. Is it sounds weird, but how much Star Trek is still in it? It's not like I would like the game more if it was more Star Wars, but when I play the game, I just get angry at watching these perceived like notions of what the future or some future would be like. It's like when you talk to a kid and the kid's like, when I grow up, I'm going to be this. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, that's really hopeful. <laughs> but so many things are going to change and, you know, it won't end up this way, trust me. So when I watch it's- Mass Effect 2 play out, I'm like, the future won't end up this way. Trust me. I think it's. I think there's a dissonance because it happens the same thing, and it happened to me personally, experiencing the Star Trek uh, universe. So like the Next Generation, which is this very like bizarre, stoic, diplomatic, like procedural thing. Yeah. Like, everything has rules, and there are regulations and everything. And because you're someone me who enjoys exposition of like another universe. Yeah. This is this is interesting to you cuz you just want to hear about it. Yeah. Whether or not you believe in it is diff- is a totally different matter. But then like you had like toward the end of the run of the next generation and then into Deep Space 9 they started like dirtying it up. Oh, and, like, definitely. Grittying it up and like <clears throat> having these seedy characters and then it's like, "Well, here's what the other part of like outside of the spaceship or outside of the Enterprise there's a semblance of like what the real world quote unquote is of like mm-hmm. seedy bars and like weird stuff and when that started happening I didn't like it yeah and that's totally. kind of like where Mass Effect is it's I agree not with kind that. of it is where it has gone yeah I agree with that 100% and it's a thing that you hate too of like what you think Ma- uh, Mirror's Edge 2 is going to be yeah like this city's dirty well I mean like and I've got to clean it up or whatever you know it's like that sort of like gridification it's like what is Star Trek Star Trek was like a vehicle I mean like Star Trek was like X-Files and Twilight Zone and the original Star Trek, in that, you know, they're vehicles for these, like, stories and concepts. Yeah. And that's really all it is. Yeah. It's a vehicle for these weird concepts to be exercised. Right. So, you know, when they start worrying about the universe outside the, like, serialized... Well, when they start serializing it and worrying about the universe as a grander thing... Mm -hmm. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> I, I don't understand. Like, they lose all creativity and novelty. You know, you'll never have an I- episode again where there's something like... What's the crystal monster's name? The oh, crystal the crystalline monster? entity? The crystalline entity. You know, like, <laughs> you start losing that, like, novelty. Yeah. 
of like a giant crystal monster floating through space whose yeah. motives are unknown, origin is unknown, everything is unknown. And after that episode, you never see again. It's never discussed. It's, self, it's basically a self-contained thing. Yeah, yeah. And like all all IPs, whether they're like TV shows or, movie, or movies or whatever, they all do that. They just... They think they're more than they are and they try and get off on something that they're not. That's depressing. But that's obviously what Mass Effect... I wonder how Mass Effect 2 would have... If Mass Effect 2 was Mass Effect 1, like this was the first in the series, I wonder what people would have thought of this game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that's what I mean. Probably not as much. Because Mass Effect 2 to me reminds me of basically is like Abrams' Star Trek. Yeah. It's like flashier and bigger, but there's like weird future bars and like laser graphics and like, yeah, you know. I just wonder what people would, would have said. I think a part of the problem is like a lot of people didn't like, a lot of people didn't like what I liked about Mass Effect 1. The Star Trek of it. Yeah. They wanted to see 2. Not me. I don't know, man. I'll play 3. I have to now. But I mean, that's, are that's you interested, thing, are like you interested in 3 after seeing that trailer? It looks no. like Resistance. No. If I want to play Resistance, I'll play Resistance. It's got a good thing going. So, I was discussing the notion that all these alien attacks, aliens attack us, movies and fiction that's being released into mm. the into the mainstream, is a very purposeful thing. That someone's doing it to make us afraid of contact with aliens. Um, I was discussing this with someone, and I, I didn't. I never really, really bought that, because it's not that I don't think that the mechanism of control is there for that sort of thing to happen, like you know, yeah. a, a directive from the top. That as a concept of of injecting an idea into the populace, you don't disagree with. No, it, right. it's totally possible, but I, I didn't really see the purpose. But that actual it. message is what you're like. I don't know why they would do. Why that. would they do that? Yeah. Uh, and then it was suggested to me, he's like, well, aliens, the aliens don't want to contact us. Their technology is insanely advanced. Mm-hmm. And it's it's more than likely consciousness-based technology. And so to make contact with us, they literally have to be sort of on the same wavelength with us. And that is the purpose of all of these movies, as well as the consciousness so dimming. So in- instead of the spaceship coming out of the sky and landing on the White House lawn... It's right. like we're being, we are individually as people being contacted on a different level. Right. So we're being taught to reject those like encounters or right. whatever, messages or whatever. Right. Huh. Not that they're even happening like that specifically, but that to communicate, we have to be on the same wavelength. Yeah. We have to have the same worldview. So if we think that they're bad and they're not, yeah, then our two worldviews never really meet. And because they're conscious entities, consciousness entities, we never really come into contact with each other. It reminds me of like that suit in the old Aeon Flux cartoon, 
Remember, she puts it on in like one episode, and it vibrates at a different speed. Oh yeah. Than everything else, and yeah. the reality around her just totally changes. Yeah. There's like another room vibrating at a different speed. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's what it really reminds me of. I don't. That is to me. I don't say I, that doesn't sound. It sounds feasible. I would say, but to me, that reeks of like. That reeks of like a purity of evil that I feel like is for fantasy books. Like we don't want these aliens coming into our planet. Maybe and they don't. Though. Hijacking our people. Why wouldn't they? Think about that. I guess whatever. I guess you'd have to say whatever these aliens represents represents a fundamental breakdown of whatever people have used to be in power on this planet. Exactly. Like it's money, like like money. It's and like being in control. Fossil fuels and religion. Yep. It's like being in control of like a room full of kids. So I love Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper. And like right outside that room is a totally open playground with endless possibilities. But while you're in that room with those children and the door's locked and there's no windows for them to see what's outside. <laughs> yeah. You're pretty much in control of them. Yeah. And because you're in control, you can get them to do whatever the fuck you want. I mean, that is your power. So it's not even that your power means anything, but relative to what's going on in the worldview that you want to participate in, your power is everything. This sounds like Final Fantasy Thirteen. Exactly. <laughs> Another great game that came out. An unintentional segue, but I was like, man, you just explained the thing I just watched. Like, exactly. Totally. That's why yeah. I think Final Fantasy Thirteen's plot is mind-bendingly good. I also think that's why nobody understands it. Because that concept in and of itself is so far out there. mentioned, I was talking about the Bush administration commentary. Or, maybe not Bush specifically, but I mean, it, the, the timing is a little convenient if it's not. Right. But, because uh, you figured the game was in development while he was president. There wasn't a Final Fantasy between then and now. Right. Basically, yeah. Uh, if anything, it's a commentary on like, westward expansion and like, America being the world's police and all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So it was Vanquish in a, in a pretty yeah. overt way. Yeah, it was. It really was. But uh, Vanquish was very anti-military. I was, was like it? Yeah. delighted was it? by it. <laughs> I mean, every time he slammed, like it started off slowly slamming the military, where you could see Sam was like, "I don't really like these military guys. There's something dirty and stupid about them." Yeah. And then by the end of the fucking thing, he's like, "You know what? Just kill them. They're fucking worthless." <laughs> you know what I mean? It was really a yeah. like, refreshing take on that. That's cool. Someone had the balls to do that. Yeah. Here's Halo Reach. It's cool. Someone had the balls to. Uh... Talk Raider for whatever reason didn't spoil it. I'll spoil it. It's cool someone had the balls to have the president shoot themselves in the head. <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> Other than had nothing to the do entire, with the like, her entire plan, I guess, was unraveled. She couldn't cope with it. 
But like really, it had nothing to do with the plot. You didn't have to see that at all. No. When I saw that scene, I was blown away. I had no idea why they would even include it. It almost makes no sense. It's almost it, it, like they it, was, it didn't. It didn't quite resonate with what happens right, right before it or after it. It all. It has to be like a message. Like that's like the sort of artistic message that you can put in a video game. Because if it doesn't have any connection to what comes before or after it, it's obviously just put there to say something very specific. So what is it saying? The president of the United States of America should shoot himself or herself in the head. That's a really <laughs> fucking drastic thing to say. I don't know. It's yeah. It's it's uh. Right. What it what it what it says for that game's universe, like if they make a van if they ever made another Vanquish, which, I mean, I guess I wouldn't be upset if they didn't because I mean the game's story to the experience of playing the game, yeah, to experiencing the game, but like, you know, if you have a sequel where it starts off with the president's dead of a, a <laughs> self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head, right. and that Russian guy is still nowhere to be found, right, hiding in space, like hiding fucking. Uh, Haddon from Contact, yeah, or whatever really his name funny. was, it reminded me of. Him. I was like, he's just hiding in space because there's no interstellar travel. He's just yeah. hiding in space, yeah, just low Earth orbit, just hanging yeah. out in this egg. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> yeah, man. But uh, Final Fantasy 13, which I've been playing over the past month and played today, and I'm now way more reinvigorated to keep playing with what just happened in the game. I'm really surprised. I guess I'm not surprised that no one. That I didn't see anybody pick up on the political commentary or whatever. But then again, you're, the average Japanese role-playing game fan is probably not in politics at all. Like, yeah. they're not really equipped guess, yeah. to even see that. True. You know what I mean? So Yeah, that's very know. true. It's interesting, though. It's interesting that it's... I mean, I forgot you had said it. And then when I was playing, I was like, man, this is... Man, he did say... Like, it kind of like re-brought yeah. it back. So it wasn't like I was going in with like, man, I'm gonna look for all the signs. Right. Weird. The it, and that weird. game's good. It is good. And like you said, there'll never be another one like it. Yeah. Never be another one like it. Also, someone's definitely gonna take that system. I hope so. Some other developer is gonna realize the genius between in that system and, and apply it to some other game because it's a brilliant fucking fighting system. I hope it's so. so complex. It's way better than navigating menus and sub menus. Yeah. Which you still kind of do, but I mean, and when you do, it's almost—it's such an awkward change of movement of the fingers. And that's that, where like, the it feels weird. And that's where the uh, <clears throat> change could be if someone takes it and applies it to their game and tries to change it, and make integrating it better. that better. Yeah, like I could see that aspect of the battle system being changed. Man, that's a really good game. And uh, like, not a lot of people liked it, but I guess I've haven't been—I haven't played a Final Fantasy since. Nine, and I didn't finish nine because I wasn't interested in it. So I didn't play ten. I watched you play ten a little bit. I played eleven for an hour, but that has ten's great. I, f I have a feeling I would like ten. Ten is great. I didn't play twelve. So is. Uh, you think twelve was really good? You didn't think it was very good, or the battle system was just too weird and. Yeah, it's like, not my kind of game. Yeah, seeing where that goes is not does not interest me. So anyway, I'm not. I haven't been indoctrinated and in like following the genre of of JRPGs for several years. So I guess, I guess, I guess seeing what initially got me to stop playing them, having been basically removed, and or having the <clears throat> window dressing pulled off of it and being yeah. like, why do you don't need to go into a shop 
and and like right. have your character walk six virtual feet to a shopkeep to right. buy an item when you can just do it in menu. Right. The end result is the same, you know. And that's like you said, like that's why nobody liked the game. Probably. <laughs> it's one of th- I mean, like the uproar, like the whole joke on Gaff of like HD towns are too hard to do, and it's like they're not too hard to do. They just didn't want to do it. Yeah. I mean, they made obviously ridiculous cities. They made HD towns that you'll see for 20 minutes, and they're amazing. And some man spent a lot of time making sure the plants in Nautilus looked great, but I'll never see them again. Right. I saw, like, I had, I remembered when you were showing me the game. I think you had a couple different save files. Uh huh. You must have, because you showed me two parts of the game that were like hours apart, and like I have like four, because I was like, I think I'm just gonna want to like be able to look at this again. So I like saved it and then made another save. Yeah, I did save it some spots that I thought I was going to want to see again. Podcast 1980X. Are your lights on? Where's uh where's Final Fantasy thirteen on the top ten list? Higher than Mass Effect. Higher than Mass Effect. Okay. But not God man, I don't know, I don't want to say not in top five, but man, it could get it just got really good again and it could okay, get so, even better. So so Mass Effect is worse than Final Fantasy thirteen. To me. Me, I agree. A worse experience. Is Vanquish better or worse than Mass Effect? Man, what a weird you have to do it, I guess. Vanquish was a weird game for me because, and you and I talked about it briefly before, not on the, not recorded, that for some reason when I played Vanquish, I played it for like two hours and then didn't want to touch it for like a long time. Uh-huh. And like you were saying, you're like, I can't believe why didn't I just get through this game? And when you get right. to the end of it, you're like, I bet I could beat this again right now. Right. In like no time. Yeah. I don't know what it is about it, though. I think it's the same thing that Final Fantasy Thirteen has going on. Right? <coughs> uh, these Japanese games are so intense <laughs> that, I mean, it really is a workout for your mind, equivalent to playing maybe an hour or so of Halo, a few minutes of Vanquish, an hour to Halo. And they say, like, Could I can be. play... Sometimes yeah. when I want to you know, play a video game, and I haven't played a game in a couple of days, I can play uh, a cave game for an hour yeah. and be good on games. For probably yeah. a day. Well, or it's two. Like, like you said. If you, uh, to, to rephrase what you said earlier when I was playing Final, when I was playing Thirteen, is like if you made a, <clears throat> if you made like a combat log and you wrote out every action that a character performed in the battle, mm-hmm. what happens in four minutes of Thirteen is like a forty-minute battle in Seven. Yeah, for sure. But because the combat system is so engineered to accommodate that, you don't really make that connection right away. Yeah. You know, because you're not really paying attention to the individual actions of the characters, but you're like, man, that's my brain is like seeing all of that happening. Yeah, I think your brain is, and it's making that it's making that log of it like, is. you know, Hope did this, Lightning did this, Fang did this. Yeah, because you need but, it. And by a the end of it, later, like I was saying, like, or you might need it. Battles that feel like they drag on forever are like three minutes of actual time, and I was like, there's no way it was three minutes. Yep. But it's because I watched like a compressed fifteen minutes. Exactly. And that's probably why I was able to play it. <clears throat> I was able to play it for ten hours in one sitting, mm-hmm. and then at the end of that ten hours, it started becoming to the point where it's like, all right, too much shit is happening. Like, within the first ten hours of that game, the battles are still pretty like attack, attack, 
use item, attack. That suggests to me that you could really over you could really dilate a person's perception of time by overloading their brain. But like yeah. But like the Maybe that will be like time dilation technology for software in the future. Like, you know, you'll be able to experience ridiculously complex long games in just a few minutes because your brain is inundated with so much And the genius is in engineering a system engineering a way for you to absorb that. Yeah. Whether it's some sort of physical alteration Visual. or it's just a way of organizing information in a way to where you're able to absorb it all. Because right now your eyes are just doing it. Yeah. Like that boss fight. Felt like it took forever. Right. It really wasn't long. And it took minutes. a little bit. I mean, it was what? 11, 11 minutes? minutes? Yeah. <sighs> Definitely seemed to come longer. All the shit that happens in there in that 11 minutes? Yeah. Um... So is Vanquish better a better experience than Mass Effect? This is an objective. I mean, like it's totally subjective. I'm just trying to th I'm trying to like compare the two. As these lists should be. I, I would say no. For me, is Vanquish? Wait, what was the question? Vanquish is not as good as Mass Effect Two. See, I would say it is for me. I just can't deal with Mass Effect Two. It's just the problem is, is that. And let's get. <clears throat> I'm gonna get this out of the way right now, because. The best game that I played this year didn't come out this year. And that's Demon's Souls. <laughs> right. And Demon's Souls is probably better than almost every game on this list. For me. Whoa. <laughs> Alright. It's better... Uh, yeah, Demon's Souls is better. That's ridiculous. There's no way Demon's Souls is better than Arkham Asylum. <laughs> I could see that. <laughs> so, two th so 2010's 2009 game of the year is Demon's Souls. And that had a really disruptive effect, specifically on Vanquish. Because I was playing Vanquish... At the same time. And right. then I... Not even at the same time, but I was playing Vanquish, and then, being on the internet, I came across something about Demon Souls, and that just, like, set off the dynamite again in my brain of, like, man, you should get back to that game! Yeah. You're not done with it. And then I got back to it, and I basically put Vanquish on hold for, like, three weeks. Because I played that game like a madman. I'm 120 hours in that game. Demon Souls. See, like, I'm more and more... God, what a torturous experience. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just, like, more and more valuing the real estate up here. In your head. And on my watch. Than ever before. Mm-hmm. And so, if a game can inject me with an... If right. a game can quench my thirst. Yeah. And it can do it faster. It's like a zip file of a game. It's amazing. So, you know, like, I've been playing a lot of Borderlands. And EJ, real quick before you go on to that, a lot of I do saying a lot of people were amazed that Vanquish. I don't think it was counting cutscene time. It, it couldn't have been, and obviously isn't counting your deaths if you died and you mm -hmm. had to play a section over. But a lot of people got to the end of the Vanquish and they're like, my game time was like four and a half hours. I don't understand how it was only four and a half hours. Yeah. And it's like, well, because of all the fucking shit that happened. Yeah. That it feels like eight. No, it really does. At least eight. Both in like the the ground you like actually cover in the world, like I you mean, go through the whole spindle of that. Whatever that thing was, yeah, Dyson Sphere slash Ringworld, Babylon Five thing, Rama. and like what, and then like actually visually what happens, how many enemies there are, bullets, and like actual pieces of information that are on the screen. Yeah, really. What room and does a lot your brain of, have for a story, even? And a lot of a lot of which a lot of information that's totally fucking extraneous. There's a point system that I have. I'm real, I'm no so surprised to. Mikami didn't put in achievements for it. Yeah, because me I mean, I guess. I guess maybe he just liked the idea of like a scoring system, like a 
of the club or shmup style scoring system yeah. with which you can learn the intricacies of to get good at. It's just beyond. It's like the beyond mode, you know. Like or he just really liked the visual of like numbers ticking at, on the side of the screen. And he's like, I, How, what would that be? Oh, points. Well, he did. I watched some sort of video that talked about the visual design of that game. Oh. And they talked about. Uh, see, I don't really. I didn't really think the menu system was particularly like stunning or creative visually. Um, like 13, Final Fantasy 13's menu system we were talking about. No, you're right. It's gorgeous. But uh, Vanquish wasn't really that impressive. So when I saw that there was a video documenting it, I was like, mm -hmm. really? Because yeah. what's it yeah. documenting? So I watched the document documentary, and um, I mean that's pretty much what they said. Almost to, almost those exact words. They were like, like, well, we really wanted a lot of numbers. Yeah. And uh, things taking by. Yeah. So that's what we did. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean... I, and I so speaking of that, Borderlands has a lot of numbers. Yeah, popping. Borderlands is better than you thought it would be. No, I mean it's a really good game, but it's a really bad game. I don't know how to fucking confront that sort of argument or that sort of uh, hypocrisy. It is if you pick it apart a little bit. It, it's there's it's terrible. Like if you it's start if terrible. you start at the top layer of that game and you just start removing things out of it, you get to the bottom pretty quick. Well, I played probably like six hours single player. Mm -hmm. And I liked it a lot more than I, I did multiplayer. As a, ga as a game, I guess, as an artistic thing. I don't know. It was just like, I, I liked the music way more than I've even heard anyone mention the music yet. But the music was really good. Like, I found myself really digging the atmosphere that the music was overlaying in these weird zones. Because, you know, you move from these zones, you move from zone to zone, and there really isn't that much difference in the zones in the main world. No. I mean, when you go through a portal, yeah, there's a difference. But when you're still in the main, like, the main hub world, right? Uh, there really isn't that much difference going on. But the music changes depending on your, you know, area within right. that hub world. Right. So that, like, music really helped differentiate those zones to me. Because otherwise, I don't pay attention to the fucking zones in these games anymore. Because this fucking game, like every other game now in, uh, designed in the West, is like... You have all these quests that don't mean a fucking thing. Uh, I don't listen, you know, if, if I'm playing by myself and I'm watching and, I, and I'm wanting to experience, like, the voice acting and all that kind of thing, then yeah, I listen to what they have to say. But, but when you're playing multiplayer, you click through what a guy says in two seconds, you look where the little uh, diamond is right. on the waypoint system, yep. you go towards it, you're not paying attention to the environment at all, you just click the map once in a while to see if there's yeah, a I never, possible path. I, I never really learned the I never learned the map of Borderlands like I learned. What game can you play for 120 hours and not learn the fucking 3D environment in? Right. You've played it for 120 goddamn hours. Right. It's but because I mean, you're not like, even uh, being asked. You're not even being asked to digest any of it. I'm trying to think of something that you and I have probably. So both why played. is it there? Like Vice City. 
just as a game that I know we've probably both played, or or yeah. GTA Three even, or Demon Souls, or Demon Souls. Eventually, in that game, eventually in like Grand Theft Auto, you're like, I know what's around this corner because you have and to like, learn I, it, and I I remember like the order of landmarks. Yeah, Borderlands. I would even toward the end. I would even on my second playthrough, I would still be like, oh fuck, I didn't mean to turn down here because I didn't. My brain just was like, I'm not going to commit this to memory. Why so why does it, it exist? Yeah. Why why is the game not just totally black and white? Like, why don't you just accept the quest, and when you turn around, the goal is right there? Yeah, Might I don't well understand be. it. That's why that's not good game design. Yeah. That's not how I define good game design. Like, if you're talking about game design is what you can trick a person into doing for longer? Yeah. Then, yeah, that's good game I'm, design. I'm but it's not game design. I'm surprised you're playing it at all. And I guess I don't really care if you finish it, but it don't, that only gets worse. Oh, I believe it. Like, the want. reward systems in it are, you know, brilliant. Brilliantly devious, like all that act like in certain candy. ways. Yeah, I mean, and and if you really, this is the, this is why game designers are fucking scary because they know more than anyone else how to get people to do things. Like you know, I've learned my entire life how to get people to do things because I play video games. <laughs> I've been baited through the worst games with the stupidest prize. Yeah. So I can make anyone do anything. I mean, if I can fucking be haunted into playing through a hard-ass game like Radiant Silvergun. Yeah. Just to experience something that's barely there, some kind of ending that's two yeah. seconds long, means nothing, opens yeah. more doors than it closes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then, yeah, I can get people in my life to do whatever the fuck I want because I learn how it works. Yeah. That's why I'm afraid of the future because these Borderland-type games are going to be controlling us into doing tons of things we don't want to do. Tons of things. I don't want to play Borderlands. I don't want to play it. It's a waste of time. Mm. There's nothing artistically interesting about it to me. It's all done competently and well, fine. But there's nothing unique or novel about I it. I don't. I mean, I don't agree, but I can. I could totally understand why someone just wouldn't find it very interesting visually. Yeah, or artistically. It's kind of hodgepodge design. Yeah. Um, everything's very competent and, and kind of efficient. It's not perfect, but it works. But there's nothing really interesting or unique about it. It's just this like. I don't really know how to explain it, but like the design and the graphics and the way they the way they draw the people and the two D imagery that's on the you know sides of of machines, it all looks like the kind of crap you see on Giant Bomb. It's like this really shitty, crappy, garbagey two D drawing that has no character other than it's pulling from this general. Other than view you understand, it's supposed to look like something else. Yeah, it's supposed to look like this. Characterless, soulless, cartoony thing. Yeah, it's just—it's not novel. It's not interesting or anything. But I—the the worst thing about it is like I'm at work, and all I want to do is go home and play Borderlands, <laughs> and I hate it. Well, like it in the game in, in, the, in, in the write-up of the game that I did that no one's ever read. Um, I make I make a you spend a, a a fair amount of time talking about that, and like it wouldn't. I would go on a limb and say someone spent a lot of time on things like how the items fall out of an enemy, uh-huh. like visually how it looks. I agree with that. The speed at which it falls to the ground, how many times it bounces before 100,000%, it stops. thousand percent, you're right. Like the the length of the light trail that comes off of the item, and like the different colors. Yep. And like engineered it in a way that sets yep. off like an, some kind of chemical release in your brain that you're just like. It's engineered to be pleasant. It reminded me. Of, it reminds me of the fucking game from Next Generation, of like that they, that that thing they put on their eyes, 
And it's like that poly. It's like that uh, projection. You remember that? It's like kind of early in the show. I never saw it. Man, you need to see that episode. Anyway, to just to, to explain it for posterity's sake, is there's like this headset they put on, and it has these two little like extensions from the ears that hook around to the eyes, mm-hmm. like in front of it. And when someone puts it on, there's a visual like sort of like it's not actually. A, I don't think it's supposed to be an actual spray, but there's like a a cone of like laser light that goes into their eyes and their pupils dilate. Okay. And what it's doing is it's projecting this like grid field in front of them. <laughs> and all it is is this like really primitive polygon or uh, like cone vortex comes out of the grid and like grows out. And there's a disc floating. And all you're supposed to do is get the disc into the hole. <laughs> and every time you do in the fiction of the, of the, the episode is there's like a, an endorphin release in your brain or something. There's mm-hmm. like a, a pleasure release in your brain. And every level gets a little bit harder to whether it's like there's two cones. And- <laughs> what is this? It's a game. Everyone here is playing it. It's fun. But keep my eyes open or closed. Open. What am I seeing? The playing field. Now what? <laughs> you see the disc in the can? Yeah. Concentrate. Make the disc go into the can. I don't do that. <laughs> Just let go. Relax. You'll do it. What was that? <laughs> Your reward for clearing the first level. How far does this game go? <laughs> as far as you can take it. Would you like to go for level two? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> And every time you do it, it, like, releases a little bit more and a little bit more. Hmm. And Borderlands reminds me of that episode of just, like, man, stuff to pick up. What's, so what's that the, gun going to be? So what's the end of that? Like, what is, where does Sanity. that go? I mean, like, the argument is that, I mean, that, right away, that intuitively, to me, my intuition, it sounds evil. Yeah. Like, it's going to be used for evil. Like, it can only be well, used for evil. It was in that episode. It was in the end of that. Yeah, it, it was like be. it was like a takeover of the Enterprise. It has to be, yeah, has and like almost be. everything else in that show, the only per, the only thing that happened is Data saved everybody because he wasn't <laughs> affected by it. Actually, it is Doctor Crusher who deactivates Data, and Wesley saves the ship. <laughs> so I mean, it's, if, 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 it's you, really if you want to if you want to overlay that to reality, it's going to take a transhuman that's really to funny. get us out of it. That's really funny. <laughs> And that's terrible. Yeah. Because that's not the way out. <laughs> no. No, but I mean, like, everything, you know, like Stephen Johnson in that book and a lot of other authors argue that it doesn't matter. Uh, the uh, content of it doesn't really matter. It's the complexity of it that's making us more intelligent. Like the actual request it's making on our brain to, yeah. like, unfold all of this information, yeah. regardless of what the information actually is. Exactly. So. Sounds like just using a muscle a lot. Exactly. Yeah. And then. 
you know, the argument is, really, am I going to be hypnotized by that or break away from it at some point and use that intelligence for something good? Like, that seems to be the, 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 what's happening in the world today. Like, we're getting to a point where half the people are going to go and be hypnotized. Yeah. And the other half are going to say, well, technology is really cool and I can do some interesting things with it, so why don't I? And yeah. this spiral that goes over here and, and is hypnotized will just eat themselves. Yeah. And this spiral that goes this way will just continue on this technological arc into fucking God knows where. Because yeah. because they're disciplined enough with the technology yeah. to not let it eat them. Yeah. So in that world, the one where everyone is good yeah. and, and alive and not eating themselves. And yeah. Are things different now that I'm not crushing quarterbacks every Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper. There's nothing like a pepper. Do games like that have a place? No. <laughs> they don't. They games no like, you're talking about games like Borderlands. Yeah, or yeah. the Icon. Yeah. <laughs> from uh, Star Trek. Yeah. Do they have a place? No. I don't think they do. civilization other than to enslave us. I mean, for all intents and purposes, it's just like heroin. There's really no You're not wrong. The only reason I have pauses, I'm now thinking about what games am I looking forward to playing or want to play that are like that? It's very depressing. Should I anymore? Yeah, it's very depressing. That's in a large part why I've like slowly moved away from a lot of games because you come to the conclusion thinking it that way that what am I doing? Well, the last you've, you've come to the conclusion that the last type of games you'll probably end up playing are puzzle games. Exactly. Which are probably the ultimate refinement of technology being a tool and assistant toward bettering yourself. Exactly. And yeah, shmups, shmups you're not are, wrong. Shmups are kind of an evil, uh, an accepted evil by me, because uh, they are really interesting in that they're, to me, they're all about pattern recognition. And I think that's what they train. Puzzle games do this too. But shmups, shmups, actually, you know what, let me scratch that. Shmups are like ballet. I mean, shmups are video gaming taken to its ultimate taken to one ultimate end of a branch of its evolution. It's like just like there are athletes who are running around knocking themselves about on a football field every Sunday. Mm -hmm. There are people doing ballet off in some theater Yeah, that only quote unquote geniuses understand. Sure. And I really think that shmups are, are ballet. Because it's like I mean there's tons of parallels. The first parallel being the narratives are often abstract and don't really mean anything. Or they do mean something. And are communicated and are through communicated, the act. Yeah, and through the act. And are communicated in a really abstract way that leaves a lot open to right. uh, opinion. Right. But there's this real, like, kinesthetic connection between the player and the game with these shmups. Uh -huh. It's like the last branch of video games that requires you to develop a uh, relationship with your hands and the controller mm -hmm. to an extent that is not being tested anywhere else because... You know, in games right now, there's all these different input devices being birthed. Yeah. And it will be years before they come to their end. And right. before they are experts at them. But, you know, shmups and these games like that, they're like the end of what we knew as video games. Yeah. So that's where it stops. <laughs> and, like, all that's going on there now is people are just becoming better and better at that art form. And just learning to interact with their hands in this pretty small you can't see but I'm like clutching an invisible controller yeah. in this little dynamic yeah it's very weird but that's where I'll rest on it 
Like, I'll be content with that for the rest of my life. If I had to give it a different example, I would say, like, in terms of being beneficial, I'd say, like, puzzle games are, like, eating well. You have to make decisions, and you have to be educated and, like, know about what foods are and what they do. Shmups are, like, running shirtless in 140-degree weather. (laughs) Both are beneficial for you in some capacity. Sure. But one is just, like, an amazing, like, a just a crunch of like squeezing your brain which yeah. is shmups of just like it's a performance do this it's a real performance and puzzle games are a little more like making decisions but they're still beneficial for you and it's like this is helping me yeah as a you're person. right and I mean that you're right that's why there are super play DVDs yeah because it's a performance and nothing nothing less and it's a feat that you just can't recognize it's like when you go to the ballet and if you're not familiar with that language and the language of the body you don't know that you, what you're seeing is as amazing as it is right if I showed a super play DVD to my dad he would see nothing but colors. Yeah. But to know everything behind it, it's like a different story. Maybe that's why I've lately had a really strong desire to play the Layton games. Yeah, they could be Because I never have. Oh, they could be interesting. And apparently they're pretty pretty difficult. For some reason, I don't like those kind of games that make you do different pu- different types of puzzles in a collection. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know why. Like brain would, teaser type would you games? Say, would you consider uh, Geometry, Geometry Wars 2 a puzzle game? Well, sequence is a puzzle game. That mode of it, at least. But overall, it's kind of a mishmash, I guess. Yeah. I would say sequence is a puzzle game in that. See, for some reason, I would say... Because sequence is, sequence, sequence is the only game in there that I can think of right now. Well, Waves is also, but just not as much. No, Waves isn't. Waves isn't. Uh, sequence is the same thing every time. So it's basically yeah. saying, figure your way out through this. Uh, through repetition. So, like, the randomization of, like, King doesn't make it a puzzle? It's yeah, kind of puzzly. Do you think so? I don't know. Well, it's, it's puzzly, really but, it's puzzly, but it you're is. not thinking... It, it's weird. It's a puzzle that you're working through with your hands. But there's, not a, there's not a set solution with which to solve the puzzle. Well, there, there's, a, a, there's a set behavior, and it's get good at the game. Right. So it's like a puzzle you solve but with like your hands. But, like, a Rubik's Cube has a list of instructions of like turn this to until you get to you it. You can get to it, right. King is just like get good and survive. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I just feel like maybe it's kind of a, it's like a straddling of yeah, shooter no. and puzzle. I could see that. But that didn't come out this year. Or last year. No. Neither did Borderlands. So I'll stop talking about that. <laughs> um, so I like Vanquish better than Mass Effect. Okay, fine. Uh, what else is there? Top ten. You like I don't that? know that you, there is a top ten. Let's just discuss whether these games are better than games we previously talked about. <laughs> so is Alan Wake better than anything that we've already talked about? Alan Wake is to me better than Mass Effect Two. By the way, listener, we're not keeping a final list. No, there is no list. So uh, Alan Wake is better than Mass Effect Two. For me. <laughs> I would say that too. Wow, I would say that too. I really liked that game. I thought so it was Alan a fun. Wake's better than Vanquish. Yeah, weird. I had a better time. Well, that I don't. Agree I didn't with. have a bad time with Vanquish, but just the overall experience and like 
See, the, ba- the Vanquish was ruined by Demon Souls. Yeah. Because any time I think about Vanquish, it's like, I played it and liked it for two hours and then didn't touch it for three weeks. Yeah. And then it was just like, I just need to fucking finish this game. Yeah. So it was just kind of a weird... I don't know. I, I turned it in almost into a chore and I feel really bad. Because it's a good game. Yeah. Um, but Alan Wake was just a really good... It was about as long as it exactly needed to be. There wasn't anything overly bad about it. And, I mean, we've talked, we've discussed its good points before. But I didn't, I didn't play any of the DLC, and I don't really feel like I need to. And if they don't make another one, then I won't be... I, it's, oh, well. Yeah, it's pretty contained, self-contained thing. I agree. They're already doing something else. I forget what it is, but it's not a... Re- no, it's a some retail. kind of arcade yeah. thing. Did you see... Uh, <laughs> so many tangents. Did you see um, Blacklight Tango Down 2? No. Did you read about that? No. It's going to be free to play. Great. Isn't that perfect? On Xbox? I, there's no announcement of platform yet. I doubt it. Can I you doubt see? It can you see Microsoft too. being like free? To yeah. pl- you know, it's going to be microtransaction based. <laughs> I mean, technically, that's what Game Room is. Yeah. Free to play. It's microtransaction based. So I mean, they might make an exception for it, but that's exactly what that Game series needs to be. Yeah, Just like fucking Section Eight is exactly what it needs to be, and people <laughs> are still aren't going to play it. I would quote unquote subscribe to Blacklight Tango Down over every other kind of aesthetic in the FPS world. Yeah, man, if it looks just like the other one and just yeah. kind of Better. a little bit different where they make the they make black they make the 2 in the logo orange cuz that's a favorite thing to do. <laughs> right. I don't know. I always feel like a, a no, 2 right. is always like orange. What did Mario 2 do that? Mario 2 must have Galaxy been the first. 2 did it, Uncharted 2 did it. Um um Uncharted 2 is the big one. Dead Rising 2. Yeah. There's a couple others. I can't. It's it's kind of just like a thing that I've made up. Did Mario Brothers two do it? On the NES? Yeah. No, it was yellow. No, it was yellow. You're right. <laughs> I just feel like um, I don't know. That's gonna take too long. But I just feel like that's like kind of a thing. Severior two, Giga Wing two. That's true. Which <laughs> I don't just I associate Severior two. You're right. I forgot about that. A one. big orange two. Yeah. Uh, or red or whatever. But anyway, um, yeah, that's gonna be free to play. I think that's the right move. <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be a weird. That's becoming a very weird area of games. Yeah, Monday Night Combat, Blacklight Tango Down, Section Eight, Battlefield kind of started it a little bit. Nineteen forty-three. Could have some promise. Um, yeah, I thought Alan Wake was pretty solid. It's definitely one of the better games of the year. Bayonetta. <laughs> Bayonetta is the best game this year. Bayonetta is better than Bayonetta is better than any game. You what have we mentioned so far after this? Bayonetta so, is better so than Mass Effect Two. So it's better th- than Final Fantasy Thirteen. It's better than Alan Wake. What else is there? So thir- I think Thirteen is still the highest one. I'm still trying to keep it rough. Yeah, it, it's better than everything we've mentioned. The so interesting far. thing here to do is to compare Bayonetta to Vanquish, I think, because they're both platinum games. Oh, Bayonetta is way better. I totally agree. It's light. But it's, why? It's light years better. And I don't mean to say that as Vanquish is bad, but it's like not. the attention to detail. You and I come at Bayonetta from t- two different directions, mm-hmm. and we both appreciate the opposite direction. But like, you come to it as being like the most amazing like action game that has been produced to date. Yep. It's the the combat system is like a fighting game. Yep. It's deep enough for that. Uh, the difficulty curve, the masochism of playing that game, is something yep. you enjoy. 
It's the out there visually. The attention to detail and the sheer consistency of the art direction in that game is something that blows me away. Yeah. It and really like, is. I still have not let go of the idea of writing a book on it. Because it's, it's really good and no one fucking sees it. Hardly anybody No, it's very it. true. It's just amazing. It's an amazing, well-produced, well-put-together, well-designed game. There isn't a single thing bad about it other than I'm just not good at it. But that's not the game's fault. I guess... Mechanically, both of those games are pretty darn good. Vanquish is pretty shallow, though, compared to... But it is shallow. Just the, like, the, the actual... I would say the whole thing... If you're going to get like, detail-oriented, it's just not as many moves. He doesn't yeah. do as many things as she can do. The whole thing is <clears throat> shallow compared to Bayonetta. I mean, like... Yeah. That's that more than... You know, when the game came out and everyone was complaining that it cost $60 and it was only five hours or whatever? Bayonetta? No. Uh, oh, Vanquish? That's... To me, the reason I thought it should be cheaper was because I was comparing it feature-wise to Bayonetta. Sure. You know, I wasn't sure. comparing it to like Halo because that's not what it was. No, or Gears, or Gears, or anything or like Quantum that. But, Theory. but I mean, it was going up against Bayonetta, arguably for the same like audience. It doesn't offer as much replay. There are things in Bayonetta that n- people have, that most people will never even know exist, and that yeah. just speaks to how much stuff is hidden away in that game. Yeah, the different weapons, different combinations. Even once I thought I knew everything that was unlockable in the game, Yeah. months later, I found out that there was an entirely different aspect to the game that I never even knew about. Specifically, specifically I'm talking about fighting... Uh, no, not fighting Rodan. Uh, getting those nunchucks. Oh, yeah. Because it was just such a weird way of achieving that. Mm-hmm. You know, playing 100 levels in a row. Mm-hmm. Or not in a row, but just playing 100 levels. And they never talk about that as being something that you'd want to do. They never, like, advertise it to you as something that you should do. Bayonetta is, like, the... We, I think we talked about it when I finally had played it and we could talk about it together. To me, Bayonetta is, like, the video game. Literally. The esoteric video game. It might be the best video game ever. It's built... It's, t- it's definitely built on the shoulders of video games that have come before it. Yeah, it's an expression of video games. <sighs> The way you unlock things is like an amalgamation of like everything, like a 16-bit SNES game would have an unlock of play a hundred levels in this game. Sure. And that's the only that's like one of the few things in that game you unlock. Right. Bayonetta just has layers of that shit. Yeah. For totally different ways of doing of unlocking things that are totally not revealed to you. It just comes to the fact that you play it a lot. And that it's game like speaks to a very from doing from doing a myriad of different. A, a, a variety of different behaviors in that game yield different results. Yeah. Of like, play 100 levels, this happens. Buy everything in the store, this happens. Yeah. But it's but you can't arrive at that item two different ways. Like you have to do it that way. Sure. But the only way for you to do it is just to be like, I'm just gonna buy everything in this store because I can. Yeah. And then something happens. You're like, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I totally agree. That game speaks to a very specific audience, and for that reason, it went unnoticed. And it did go unnoticed, but it, it went. The reasons for which it were noticed are, like, items 1 through 5 on a list of, like, 70 things. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which, that also speaks to how good it is. That just the five things that people were like, it's crazy, and it's got a witch, and she's naked, and it's super action! For just those reasons, they gave it almost... Thumbs up! People were arguing for it for Game of the Year. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy that it has Leaving an entire... You know, it's a tip of the iceberg, basically. It's just the tip of the iceberg of that game. That game is really good. It's not better than my game of the year. But How is that not your game of the year? Bayonetta. <laughs> what the hell else is your game of the year? It's not Darksiders, which is next on the list. Well, it's actually, it's not next on the list. 
Bioshock 2 is next on the list. That game's terrible. Dante's Inferno <laughs> is after that one. <laughs> yeah, that's about it on Bioshock 2. Dante's Inferno. All right. Dante, of the games we discussed so far, Dante's Inferno is bringing up the rear. Yeah. But it's still on How the list. How do you feel about that game? I enjoyed it. You hated it when you played it. I know. It. <laughs> it's a terrible game in a lot of ways. It really is. But, but it's like a weird... It's, uh... God, I don't know. It's like an ugly dog. Yeah. It's like, I like dogs. That dog's ugly, though. I don't know. Like, I can't think of a better way to, like... (laughs) I can't think of a better way to describe it. That's very... That's very true. That's very appropriate. I totally agree. That's all that needs to be said. Darksiders. I don't know. That's a good game, man. But I... I, I That's not my game here. That's a good, solid game. Is Darksiders better than Bayonetta? No. No. No way. Is Darksiders better than... Darksiders is... What people Dark have? Darksiders better than Vanquish. <sighs> That's a rough one. I can't answer it, so I'm I'm free on this one. I don't have to worry about it. I want to say I want to say no, but then I spent so much time in that game. Yeah, and I didn't hate any part of it. I, I'll say no because Vanquish is an amazing four-hour experience. Darksiders is a good 20-hour experience. Mm. Like, there's nothing amazing about Darksiders. And okay. I've already talked, it's thoroughly a 7, 8 out of 10 game. It's okay. thoroughly a B. It doesn't do anything amazing. It doesn't do anything wrong. And hopefully the sequel is great. <laughs> and I didn't mention Zelda once. <laughs> Wait! Uh, <laughs> Deadly Premonition. <laughs> it's not my game of the year. Oh, that was the only one that I thought could have done it. Deadly Premonition. Uh... I mean, these are going to be hard because you haven't played it and you're not going to, even though you came really close. I did come close, but... And it's born out... It, Deadly Premonition is born out of the same reason that I would play EDF a third time and the same reason that you and I have both a thousand Bill of Witch. Just a fucked up weird experience. But it's a pretty solid game. And someone made a really good point. I don't remember what podcast I was listening to, but I think it was Talk Radar. I think it was Talk Radar, It was Radar Michael. Because they're the only He said they were points. talking about Alan Wake, and they're like, actually, Deadly Premonition followed up on the promise of Alan Wake better than Alan Wake yep. did. And I was like, yeah, that's fucking right, it did. It did. But that, that argument that they made when they said that was I mean, it's, it's kind of a stupid argument. But because I was Remedy like, totally like... changed the engine they did. for Alan Wake. They did. It didn't change it's it. Not f- I mean, it's not fair to like levy that against Alan Wake. But I hear like, what you You guys fucked up and didn't do what you said. But yeah. I was like, you know what, it did. And no one's really, really talked about it. Like about how it's like Shenmue, but like Twin Peaks meets Shenmue. Yeah. Um, Deadly Premonition is better than every game on that list except Bayonetta for me. <laughs> That's the stupidest thing ever. <laughs> All right, it's really good, man. Hey, man, that's your call. It's, I, it's your, it's I your like that game opinion. I really like the characters. I was really attached to them. The storytelling, the script in that game is way better than that game has a right to to have a script that good. Mm-hmm. It should not have a script as good as it did. It shouldn't be as well voice acted as it is. And by well, I don't mean like Mass Effect. Everything that everything in that game is appropriate for that game. Nothing in that game feels out of place. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact the entire game feels out of place, of like the entire yeah. canon of video games. Right. And like, I don't know. That's that's a really interesting experience. You should play it through on easy. Just play it through on easy at some point. In the on a different account. If you want, yeah. Yeah, because you want. If Isn't you that game out for PS3 in Japan? Yes. Yeah. Um. And I think it's coming to Europe or something. But anyway, I would play if I were you. I would play that game on easy and just play the main story. It'll take you 
maybe 15 hours. <laughs> 15 hours? Does that sound long to you? That is an investment. I have problems, I could be doing, I could be I doing have, so have, many things. I have problems, then. Well, because I'm like, ah, yeah. Demon Souls, you know. Afghanistan doesn't Demon seem Souls, that bad compared Bolivian. to World War II. But. Man, I can't wait to, uh, I can't wait for this podcast to end because that I, I this podcast is going to end at the end of this year. Oh. Because you're going to be tired of me talking about Skyrim. Sorry. That game's not going to be good. It's not it's going gonna be to game be of the year good. 2011. That will not already, be man. the best game. If it's Oblivion with if it's Oblivion in the snow, it's going to be game of the year. That's probably what it is. Great. Man, I liked Oblivion a lot. Sales, export, or operation outside this podcast may be construed as copyright and trademark infringement and is strictly prohibited, violator and subject to severe penalties and will be prosecuted to the full extent of the gem. Death Miles is like Moochie Moochie Pork and Ibarra. Ibarra. And those cave games that I'll play because they're cave games and because they're shmups. But I don't necessarily like really anything about them <laughs> beyond what they are. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't really remember one music track in that game. The most impressive thing or the most interesting thing about that game to me was some of the boss design. That's it. And not in terms of the patterns of bullets, but just the actual they concept kinda of what cool. it is. Yeah. That giant tree was pretty interesting to fight. Giant face. Giant exactly. face. It's been done before, obviously, but still pretty interesting. Not with that awkward, like, we took photographs of a, of a head. Yeah. Of, exactly. like, a clay head and, like, right. animated it weirdly. Uh, Satanosaurus, whatever his name was. <laughs> Satanosaurus. Tyrannosaurus. Tyrannosatan, whatever. Tyrannos- is that it? Tyrannosatan. Whatever. <laughs> but, you know, I rarely yeah. play that game, and it was good for what it was. Um... Enslaved. Slave's kind of a mess. Like the longer it's, the longer it's, longer I've sat on that game of that experience. That game's, that game's kind of a mess. And for me, yeah, that's wish. for me. It might be bringing up the rear, even behind Dante's Inferno. Yeah, I get that. It's just kind of a weird mess. It looked amazing, but but it didn't. But it didn't. That's about it. It looked amazing. It looked really good. I guess I feel about it... I guess I would describe it in the same way people describe uh, 13, but disparagingly. Like, all you're doing is running down a tunnel. I have a weird argument for Enslaved. You know how when you... You see a game like Demon's Souls, right? Yeah. And you play through it. And, you know, you're looking at it from a gamer's perspective. And... But outside that gamer's perspective... If someone who didn't know anything about video games was sitting right next to you and watching it, yeah, they would still think it looked good because it's rendered in a way that looks nice. Yeah, Enslaved looks like shit, but the only people who are playing it and talking about it are gamers, so they witness and they see all these aspects of the game that are done well. And so, like those specific parts, like maybe this the voice act or the voice acting is an aspect, yeah, that's rendered in a way well. But I'm talking about like the facial animation. Mm-hmm. So what's happening is, you know, all these pretty impressive parts are totally clouding their mind like a fucking Jedi mind trick and making them walk away from the game thinking that the game is better or looks better than it does. 
Sure. Because I played that game high. Or I saw that game high. And let me tell you, high pretty much just wipes your brain clear of any predispositions you had in thought. Mm-hmm. And what I saw was the worst-looking game I've ever seen. It looked like garbage. When they were sitting there in that zone... On that cutscene? Around the fire. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it had the markings of a PS1 game. PS1. Yeah. The ground texture that they were on was tiled. It faded Flat. really it faded really abruptly into a black abyss. Yeah. There was very obviously nothing else being rendered. It's like the exact opposite of Final Fantasy thirteen. <laughs> yeah. It's like no care being put to any no care being put towards the rendering of the reality. Yeah. Just towards like specific areas of it. Whereas yeah. Final Fantasy thirteen is this b- bizarrely complex and thoroughly realized vision of some world. To the point where it almost convinces you that that world might exist somewhere, and that this is all some some sort of weird footage that they've managed to capture. Sure, because humans could not have constructed this elaborate of a reality within the time frame it took to develop that game. But Enslaved, God, it looks like a fucking mess, man. Every time I see it, I think it looks worse. So I have like zero. I'm kind of the same opinion. Every time I see it, I'm just like I notice something else, and I'm like, really? Because you're not like, being tricked not- anymore. You're like, ah, uh, wait a minute. Uh. Yeah, that's probably bringing up the rear behind uh, just um, Dante's Inferno. Escaluda 2. That's one of the better games this year. Yeah? If I had a list and I don't, that'd be my top five. Wow. It's a fucking great game. I don't think it's bad, but... Uh, that was one of the... F- uh, I-, I tried to get into the actual like mechanics and like scoring in that game. Mm-hmm. Just couldn't have, it just wasn't happening for me. I like them a lot better than I like Mushi. Really? Yeah. Because it's like, there's, well, Mush, there's more to it. Yeah. I don't like Mushi's. I don't like having to focus on that meter and the top Mushi's kind of like, has a weird, uh, I guess you would say is like... Um, it's very restrictive or something. I don't know. Conditional? It yeah. Like it's conditional. It's like, if this if this number is this, do this. Yeah. If this is this, do this. Yeah. You. Whereas Escaluda is more like situational. But you like, you just know when to do it. Like, you learn like most yeah. opportune times to do... Um, and you have agency over when it's being done. Right, the slowdown and everything. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, when the when the counter and Mushi hits a, hits five hundred or thousand. Yeah, you're like, oh, better switch back to this. Jumping the gun here. Uh, that's what makes it interesting. That I think Mushi is a better game. <laughs> Into in general, like I would rate Mushihime Fusama, Mushihime Fusama Futari, uh, higher up on a list were there a list. Because it's just then Escalada too. But you like Escalator 2's scoring better? Yeah. But Mushi's... I don't think it's... The overall package. <sighs> yeah. It's just yeah, amazing. It's better. It's, I, like, I like Mushi too because it's... Um, there's a couple words I could just throw in here. like Bigger, but I don't mean like more expansive or fatter. Like everything in Escalator is still kind of of that like really pixelated small detail style mm-hmm. that I don't dislike. But I like the huge, like the bigger sort of just like big fat sprites and like big colors of mm-hmm. Mushihime Sama Futari. Maybe because it's easier for me to contend with that Maybe. than it is with the more tiny, detailed, pixely style of Escaluda. Or, I don't know. But yeah, I would write that. Are we, is that this year? That's not this year. That's last year, isn't it? Technically? Which? Mushi? Is it? You're probably right. Yeah, because it was like you had it in December of 09. Well, I'll disregard what I just said then. Yeah, it's on the edge. Yeah. It's the same reason people are like, man, that didn't come out last year. Halo Reach. Yep. 
yep. game you've played now. A game and a game <laughs> and a game. Dislike. I really don't like the way I talked about it in the podcast that I did, and it's not that I'm going to change my mind. I just don't feel like I uh, I didn't articulate my position very well. Well, and the position is that it's the same game. Yep. That we've played since nine or uh, 2001. It's literally the same game, and I'd much rather be playing Halo One. It is, and I even said that, and I didn't even make the connection. I was like, "There's a lot of moments in this game that remind me of the first one." Yeah, probably there are. And I mean, the third <laughs> game did that too. Great. Yeah. But there's another reason why I don't like. I mean, but, but at least Halo Three iterated on two in a way that was substantial, if not in single player, multiplayer. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, aside from the fact that the game is the same game we've been playing for ten years, which is for me. Probably the largest, the, the biggest reason that I dislike it as much as I do. Um, and that's not really like a uh, an obvious conscious decision I'm making as I play the game. It's just that now that I've played it and walked away from it, when I think back to why I don't like it so much, it's really because it's the same game I've been playing for 10 years. But there's another aspect to that game that really bothers me. And it's, you know, as... As the game, as Bungie has gotten better at sort of, I don't want to say this, but I don't know a better way to say it, quote unquote, telling a story, um, what that really means is they've gotten better at, you know, rendering and directing good looking cutscenes. Right. That's what that means in video game land, by the way, people. When you say, yeah, this developer is getting really good at telling a story, it means they've learned, they've learned how to, you know, direct the camera, animate well, <laughs> and make something look cinem- uh, cinematic. But uh, as they've gotten better at that, you know, they're really good at it in Reach. Like, there's all these really cool moments where I'm looking at the way the game's being rendered, like the scene's being rendered, and I'm like, I'd like to play this game. Yeah. And then the camera goes into the fucking Halo camera, where you're inside the guy, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to be playing this. Oh. It doesn't look, for some reason, it doesn't look like what I was just looking at at all. There's this giant disparity between the cutscenes and the game. And unfortunately, it's like made more evident by the fact that there are so many moments in this game when the camera goes directly into your character's head. It happens like four different times, where instead of fading to black and all of a sudden you're inside, yeah, it will actually like move through your character's body from a third-person perspective into his head, into his field of vision. <laughs> like so his that, consciousness was not inside of him. Yeah, I was yeah. like, what the hell is this? And so... <laughs> you know, there's like all these moments in the game that are like really epic, and you're kind of being like shown the the possibility of the technology and then all of a sudden you're like thrown back into the limited nature of things yeah and it just does it again and again it's like look how amazing this like launch into space is and i was watching it and i'm like this is amazing and like the booster is falling off and the whole time i'm watching it the whole time you're running through that factory or not the factory the base yeah you're like yeah i'm gonna go launch and you know the doors are opening the hangar doors and everything i'm looking at this and i'm like this is amazing this is going to be fucking amazing. And it launches, and there's all these cool things happening. Uh, the booster rocket's falling off, and they're doing all the NASA-esque camera shots from, like, the wing and everything. Oh, right. And then it drops you into the gameplay, and it was fucking terrible. <laughs> like, is there any possible way you could disappoint a Your person pilot, more? this banshee that's not a banshee. It's like lead... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like leading a person through a fucking hall made of ivory to a golden door <laughs> and then opening it and it's like a room full of shit <laughs> like literal feces on the ground yes yeah. it's oh. so disappointing <laughs> 
you know? It's yeah. just jarring, too. It's just jarring for me seeing that game. Like, it's not Halo. Like, if they make, if, if they redo Halo, like they're rumored to be doing, and they make it more gritty and stuff, then okay, cool, that's Halo's redid. That's, like, a different story. But this game is, like, trying to, like, chase that vision of Halo, that, like, grittier version. And at the same time, you know, half the game is gritty and half the game is neon, basically. I just... I can't. My brain can't deal with both. There's just, like, a really jarring... Even ODST. The problem is, ODST was arguably a pretty bad game. But it was still a video game and knew it was a video game. Yeah. And Reach is, like, in some respects trying not to be a video game and then in some respects trying really hard to be a video game. Like, with all the shit talked about ODST about their faces. Yeah. I realized their faces really anchored me into the reality of that being a video game. Sure. I was like, this is still a game, as evidenced by these awkward faces that look like robot masks. Sure. But Reach is just trying to appear more mature than it is, I guess is the problem. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's it was really kind of trying to do the saying, Call of Duty thing. Yeah. That's just not it. Well, I think the problem with Halo is visually it's gotten to the point where when I watch it, I, all I see is, like, um, toys. It, exactly. Egg-fucking-zackly. Like it's like when, a plastic toy. Like when you watch, like... Uh, and that's what made Halo amazing. Like when you were a kid and you would watch, like, G.I. Joe. And everything in G.I. Joe is army green or brown mm-hmm. or red. And everything Cobra is purple or blue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But then you go and buy the toys and there's all these, like, fucking orange missiles. Right. And, like, blue bombs and, like, all these, like, things that were colored so that they didn't resemble the actual right. thing that they were based on. Right. Halo looks like that to me now. I, it, 100%. Like, blue, orange, green, purple, brown, green, red. Yeah. Everyone's in a different suit, and they're all different names. Right. And who cares? Yeah. Like, like, it's what's, got, the need, it, what's the need for the different colors? It's suits? gotten to that point. Whereas, like, like, in the original Halo, it was like, you're by yourself. <laughs> this game has four colors in it. Yeah. Blue, green, brown, and purple. And that's all you're going to see. <laughs> it's very and no true. No one's there to help you. <laughs> and you have to fight across these vast flat canyons. What an experience. And there are thousands of men in the way. Do it. <laughs> that game was very experiential. It's almost like if this happened in reverse. Or like, I could see like if Reach was first? Yeah. Like I could see like to me, Halo's the best version of the games. Halo is the best Halo game. It's like the most experiential. So it's almost like things are happening in reverse, where <laughs> the Halo series should be whittled down to that very yeah. elementary design. Yeah. Because that's where it means the most. Stripping things away, yeah. Instead, it's adding all this garbage that really means nothing. Well, it's like, I think you and I, it's like, Halo is the best Halo game. Halo 3 is the best playing Halo game. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I can't stand it. And it has that, it has that anachronistic thing of where, and you can't avoid it. But... You, they could have done a better job, I feel. It has an anachronistic thing of, like, why does episode 3 look so much better than episode yeah. 4? Star Wars. And it's right. like, why is Reach this amazing, amazing, in quotes, sprawling, set-piece-driven, cinematic video game, and Halo is, like, this quiet, solitary experience yeah. in your head. Because it's a video game, still. Yeah, and that's the problem. See, the weird thing about the Halo series, and I think, and I don't know why think, they're wearing different colors. I think years in the future, yeah, exactly, right? For different I'm, for toys. For it toys, reminded exactly. me of when you told me where I was like, how come the Ghostbusters in the cartoon all had, had different, different color suits, hair. and you were like, well, because Kenner 
wanted to have an excuse to have the different toys. Yeah. Otherwise, you'd be buying like a fat Vankman and a thin no, Vankman and, that's why Egon and a skinny had, with that's glasses. That's why Egon Vankman. had blonde hair. Right. Because they were like, well, they need to differentiate the characters more so the, the children don't confuse right. them and have more reason to buy. That's, that's what I mean, though. And it's dis- that's what I mean. It's like disingenuous to the character of Master Chief. Yeah. Of like, it's like, really? This is the fucking crew of Yahoo's he worked with? Yeah, no wonder. Like, no he wonder. was angry all the time. No wonder. No wonder he could fucking take down an entire planet. He has to. He's dealing with all this fucking... Incompetence. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Um, but that's another thing, you know, when you're playing and you die, and you're taken even <coughs> further out of the game. Every time you die and, you know, it does that ca- that halo, pull back the camera and watch your body oh, yeah, yeah, flop yeah. around. Yeah. That's really old. And it really is jarring to, like, the vision that they're trying to present to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, in case you forgot everything looked like toys in a sandbox, let's take it out a few hundred feet so you can <laughs> see how everything looks like toys in a sandbox. Yeah. Remember how real and cool that tree looked when you were right next to it? Here's what it really looks like from about 100 yards away. Looks like garbage. Right. I think years in the future, people are going to look at Halo because the span of its ser- of its life is a series, regardless of whether it continues in some weird respect mm-hmm. uh, from like 2001 or 2000 I forget till now is like this weird time when video games and movies came together and yeah. you can see that they primarily came together or I guess a better way to put this was like Halo was really the first video game to kind of be ruined by that transition yeah. video games in general have been ruined by that transition Halo sure. was like the first but victim. Halo was like the first victim. And it was in a sure. lot of re- in a lot of ways it was like the worst victim. Because it went from this solitary experience that you were just talking about. Yeah. They could only be rendered in video games. Right. Yeah. To this thing that's barely a video game anymore. And the worst aspect of it is the video game aspect. Yeah. It's very strange. Just cause two. I don't even know where this list is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Just Cause Two is pretty cool. And I kinda wanna play it again. Play it some more. I disagree. I don't think. Did you play it at all? No. Oh. Just the demo one at your place. It's. And that's is that enough? Well, I mean, it's it's a thing. (laughs) I don't know why I want to play it. I don't know either. Unless and fucking random. I might as well just play Crackdown. That's what I'm thinking. Just putting Crackdown at that point. Just Cause Two was amazing visually and uh, technologically, though. Sure. Like that has to be said. Probably one of the better looking games in terms of what it was accomplishing. Mm-hmm. At any given moment, just, incre- just incredibly shallow in terms of yeah. content. Um, Mass Effect Two we already discussed. Nailed is fun for the hour I played it. Sure, and it cuts out. But had, it needs a stunt. I don't understand. There's not any like stunt. There's no like trick mechanic. Nailed too. If that game, <sighs> that's such bullshit, man. Nailed her. If that game. <laughs> Nailed hard, harder. If that game had like a trick system, nail two driven. Wow. Whoa. Whoa. They introduce cars. It's also driving a nail. Exactly. That. Would it be D R I V apostrophe yep. N? Yep. <laughs> nail two driven. If this happens, <laughs> gotta send this to send this into them. If this happens. What the hell? Um. Real quick, because I played it. I got it from GameFind. I played it. Um, I got the achievement for playing it for an hour, played another 20 minutes, and I was done with that game. That hour and 20 minutes was pretty good, but I don't want any more of that game. Yeah.
Why? I haven't played it. I can't even talk about it. I mean, I played. We don't like, have to. I played like two hours of it. I can say one thing on it. We don't have to talk about it. It's it has it's an amazing game. It's like one of the best this year. I haven't even played it. It's my game of the year. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Near is my game of the year. It's really good, and it's good for a lot of reasons because I feel like it is the last. It's the last guy. It's last call. He's near is the last guy out of the bar at two a.m. In terms of that kind of game, yeah, <laughs> it's done. I don't think you'll ever see another game like Near. You're probably right. And in that regard, I mean a game that is. Well, I haven't played Mindjack yet. <laughs> okay. Mindjack might be the janitor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Uh, just and I, I don't know how to describe it, but it's just one of those like prototypically Japanese adventure games where stuff isn't explained to you, and it's the better for it. And it has it's the best soundtrack maybe of this generation sans Mirror's Edge. It's probably it's probably behind Mirror's Edge in terms of the best two soundtracks of this generation. Story is amazing. The concept of what actually happens in that game is great. Yeah. The fact that repeated playthroughs actually reveal more about the story in a way that is both impactful and necessary for understanding that world. Yeah. And not like a I'm playing it again and doing the side missions I didn't do before. It's like we're no, getting you, a different ending. You're slightly. forced to experience new parts of the game yeah. in the in the in the replays. Like I've never, and the fact that it changes genres entirely it goes from a text adventure to an action adventure to a fishing simulator. It's another video game. The game, you know, like it's, it's an amazing experience, and it's so well put together. Man, that's a good game. Uh. Nine Nights Two. I was I was on the verge of buying this game. Wow! It was like twenty bucks at price. I almost forgot I played this game. I almost forgot it existed until I saw it on the <laughs> shelf, and I was like, "Oh yeah, there it is." Sean when I was making like when I hours. first made this list initially, I was like, "What else?" Oh man! It was a month of my life was in this fucking game. Yeah, that's bad. That's an abyss. That's bad. Uh, I don't even know where this list is. <laughs> it's like I've I've totally like we've already listed so many games. Yeah. It's um. Is it better than any of the games we talked about so yeah. far? It's yeah, it's better than Dante's Inferno. It's better than Enslave. Okay. It's better than Halo Reach. It's Whoa! Ninety-nine nights two. It's better than Halo Reach. I had a better time with it. Okay. It's better than Just Cause two. That's a really funny statement. Should be a t-shirt. Should be the t-shirt for this podcast. Ninety nine nights two is better than Just Cause two. No, it's better than Halo Reach. Ninety nine nights two is better. Uh, Ninety nine nights two. It's a good game. That's uh, that is a good game to. You were gonna. We were gonna do weird categories. We were thinking about it. Yeah. Ninety nine nights two is the game to play while waiting for the next EDF. For sure. I could see that. I would. Yeah. Okay. Because it has that. It's not as. It's not as long not as complicated in terms of what's acquired but the, the way like we talked like I talked about the way it's like a, a difficulty ramp up and then a period of like total ease and then kind of up and down mm. and like finding items and collecting spells and whatever it's it's similar it's very similar in that regard and thankfully side note we won't have to wait or won't have to settle for insect Armageddon because EDF4 is a reality it's some kind of reality that's the best news I also figured out how to play uh, Zangeki for three levels. 
But apparently it's a uh, apparently it uses Wii Motion Plus but doesn't require it. Mm-hmm. But it's made more difficult mm-hmm. by not. It's weird. We're like a really quick thing about Zangeki no Regin Live for the Wii. Um, it has the it feels like the window in which the Wiimote is viewable on screen mm-hmm. is not actually the size. It doesn't feel like it correlates to your TV. Like if you there's nothing like a pepper. There's nothing like a pe- 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 pepper. Pepper. If you if you took the if you took the cursor in the game and moved it to the top of the screen, and then moved the remote down to where it went to the bottom, you hardly move your hand. Oh. You know what so I mean? It's exaggerated. So it's really exaggerated, but apparently it's apparently with the Mo- Wii Motion Plus, it's not that bad. Yeah. So I kind of want to get one and try it again. Interesting. It's good. It's EDF with swords. Like it's totally EDF. People yelling, people chanting, it, like cheering, and like. <laughs> ah! right. It's just like giants, like big giants instead of ants and spiders, and people screaming in Japanese, probably screaming things, sun or like whatever, <laughs> you know. I miss the sunlight. Yeah, women screaming Tuskete! Help me. I missed the sunlight. <laughs> Let's get a steak after this. Level 46. I missed the sunlight. <laughs> or Defense Force. Oh, yeah, that's right, because it's the cave. I was like, why did he say it's that? It's the oh, Berman cave. Um, I missed the sunlight. So, and that's a side note on that one. Um, where are we at? Red Dead Redemption. Why even talk about it? Okay. Residents of Fate. <laughs> Residents of Fate's a pretty interesting game. I wouldn't argue it's better than any list, any game on the list we've talked about so far. Oh, I was like, where the fuck are these games? I've, I forgot I ordered this by platform, so we're going to go back to A's here in a second. No one was keeping track but the most anal people. No, but I was <laughs> like, where the fuck is Heavy Rain? Because we're Someone's in like, like, ours. Because oh. uh, I was going to say Red Dead Redemption. Um, um, it's not game of the year. If you like what that game is doing, I don't like you as a person. Yeah, I agree. Sorry. It's it a cool okay. thing. It wasn't as cool as I... I was hoping for a weird third-person Fallout in the West, yeah. and that's not what that game is. Oh, well. Yeah. I kind of got sucked into it. It was yeah. one of those things where I'm like, I guess I should finish this. Yeah, it's like... Collect my points and go home. How do you say? Not bookmark. Um, it's just something Footnote. you felt like you needed to play. Yeah. You know I was I mean? actually generally interested to play it when I like watched a video of it. And then I played it. And this was just before I finally stopped caring about achievements. And I was like, I should probably finish this. And get that nice big 100-point achievement for finishing this fucking yeah. game. That's what I did. And he dies at the end. Sorry. <laughs> like, there was any other ending. Resonance of Fate. I hated how people were trying to fucking say that that had some other kind of ending. I don't want to spoil the ending! Oh, does he die? It's called Redemption. Give me a fucking It's a break. western. He dies. And you play as his son. That's why video game stories aren't good, because that's the audience that you're writing for. I don't want to spoil the ending of this western called Redemption, we're gonna, but something's we're gonna, gonna happen. We're gonna get to some more of that in Heavy Rain. Uh, Residents of Fate. You said that. I did. Yeah. But we didn't talk about it. That's a game. I don't know what to say about that game. I don't either. It's like a board game. <laughs> it is like a board game. Like, I'll take it out every It's like a, a really obtuse board game. Yeah. Like, Warhammer, like, measuring yeah. things. Like, if I feel like playing that kind of thing, then I'll do it. But it's not... I don't even think it... I don't even think there's a game on this list that it even compares to. It's like a virtual board game. No, it doesn't. It's weird. When you were playing it before and you showed it to me, I was like, I don't even know what the fuck this is. Yeah. I've played strange. it longer than you. I still don't know what it is. I mean, if it actually came out of the TV... Or had some kind of, like, holographic technology, yeah. I could totally see that 
being the future of war. Be like an eye of judgment thing? Yeah. Yeah. Singularity. Split second. <laughs> Split second is an amazing game. It's one of the best racing games I've played. Yeah? Yeah. Is it still Ridge Racer-ish? Um, Mostly it's the me- more obviously, Ridge Racer-ish. Obviously more in the, ca- in the mechanics than the yeah, style. Yeah, yeah, It's more Ridge Racer-ish than any other game out there. So I still think that yeah. when I originally said that, that stands. Um, it's just fucking gorgeous. I don't even know how they did it. <laughs> I still don't know how they did it. I don't think it's graphics. Can yeah, be it's really been boggling my mind. Not overlooked. that this game looks bad, but people are like, Hot Pursuit! I'm like, Split Second looks amazing! Split Second looks better than Hot Pursuit. Um, I mean, I saw an instance or two in Hot Pursuit that looked pretty interesting, but... When you take into consideration all the stuff that's going on in Split Second, Split Second looks better. Yeah, pursuit. Um, but yeah, Split Second, pretty interesting. Yeah. You know, like if, when you play the actual game, the way it's structured is um, as episodes, like TV episodes. Like a TV, yeah. So you know, you click on the first episode, and the first episode will be comprised of like six or seven events mm-hmm. that you can possibly get rated on up mm-hmm. to gold, obviously. And um, you know, one's a race. One's like a, an elimination. One's of this. One's of that. One's of this. When you start the episode, it looks like a television episode. They go, you know, like this this week on Split Second. And the so does it have the? Uh, it has a fear factor. Does it? Ha- I was gonna say, does it have like the? Um, just because it's Cars, uh, Death Race. Did you see Death Race? The original or the second one? The, the, the remake. remake with Jason Statham. Oh. I saw the end of it. Oh, the they, last uh, race. That seemed to race. like kind of remind the Death Race. <laughs> That seemed to kind of remind. They seem kind of like the same thing where they make it like a TV show. Yeah. And they do like I guess would be like the Fear Factor thing. Yeah. Big yeah, spinning but, 3D text and like yeah exactly slamming noises. It's that really generic Fear Factor look. Where yeah. It's like literally the logo in in black space. And yeah. It like rotates near the camera. And yeah. Then like slides by it. Oh yeah. You know, like that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know they 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 talk about the events that are coming up at the beginning of the episode. They'll be like. In this in this week's episode, this and this happens, and then this and this happens. And it, when the episode's over, when you beat like an entire thing, it will open up the next episode, and then it'll say next time on Split Second, and then you know huh. you, you see what you're yeah. So that's interesting, but I don't really think I don't really think it's cool or good or anything. It's just interesting because I've never seen a game given to me that way before. So I thought it was it's like a trend no one's commented on. Oh, I guess maybe that and what Alan Wake have done that. I mean, I would like I I, I would I would wonder what your average person would think about that more than what I think about it. Like, are you actually convincing people that this is more like a television show <laughs> than it is just by doing that? Yeah. Like, the des- what I'm saying yeah, is, yeah, did the yeah. designers do that to try and trick people, or did they do that, and to appeal to that, or did they do it because it was an interesting way of designing it? Like, to get them engaged because it's like, it's a TV show I'm a part of! Right. Make like, a race! Know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that game's really good, though. But it's, it's really, it's hard. I don't think I'm playing through it the right way. Like, the way I'm playing through it is um, the way I played through Ridge Racer games, which was get first in every event until Balls I move to on to the next event, regardless of how many times it takes. I just get gold. Gold. Yeah, people, yeah. It, but split second. The way I looked at it, I was like, it seems like you would want to play, because like Ridge Racer, you're just like, ball down, hammer down gas, just don't let up. But then I was hearing something that like kind of put me off was like, uh, I think Jeff was, Gertzman was talking about it. Where like sometimes you actually kind of need to hang in second or third to be able to earn the ability to ruin the man in first so that you can take first. Yeah. Because if you're in first, you're fucked. Yeah, but I don't I don't disagree with that. But there are aspects of the game's unlocking mechanism that kind of ruin the gameplay for me. Like 
the way I'm playing is the way I play racers where I play to get first on this event until I'm good enough at that event and logically that makes sense to me because I think hey this here's this event I'm gonna play it until I'm good at it. I'm not gonna ruin my brain with other events and other maps. See, to me, it's weird that any that you would play a racer any other way. Right, because what you're doing is memorizing. I play burnout that way. You're just memorizing. I play wipeout that way. It's conducive to to the process of memorizing. Yeah, you know. But this game, the way I think that it unlocks is there's this like average of points that's going on in the background, and the more of those points you collect, you're unlocking this set path of events and cars. Mm-hmm. So if I get like silver, 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 silver for 20 points a piece, I'll get 120 points. If I just get gold, 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 I'll have 90 points. And I won't unlock as much as if I completed more events and came in worse place, worse placement, because I'm achieving, I'm getting more points in the long run. Do you know what I'm saying? It's it's a weird fucking way of doing it. In, in other words, I can complete 10 events and just barely place third in them Mm -hmm. and get more points than if I did gold for just a few first events. And in the process of getting those more points, more and better cars are becoming unavailable to me, which makes the games easier. So it's like you almost have to play through the game once or halfway through or whatever to get enough points to get a better car Right. that will allow you to get gold on the first couple races. Do you know what I mean? What does that remind? But I don't think it's impossible or anything it's to get like gold. Road rash. But it's not impossible to get gold on those earlier races right. with the car. It's just way. It's almost like Road Rash, where you, you finish second for ten races and earn money to buy an awesome bike, and then go back and blow everybody away in yeah. these first ten races again. Yeah, I don't know if I like that. That's weird. I don't know if I like it. It or seems no. more logic. The the. I mean, I guess maybe they did it for the sake of being different and trying to come up with a different way of like progression. Yeah. But like. The stars method of like burnout seems to be a pretty okay way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Like earning, I don't know how Paradise did it because I never played it, but I'm assuming it was probably somewhat similar, where you earn the stars and it's like earning ten stars unlocks tier two, but there are a potential of like actual twenty stars in the first tier of races. I don't even remember how Burnout Paradise worked. Mm. But anyway, the ones before it did it that way. Yeah. Where you would, as long as you kept placing first, you could unlock the last set of races mm-hmm. and only complete like half the game. Yeah, and I don't know. It's I think Need, Need for Speed seems to do it in a very similar way, but just with experience points as opposed to stars. It's the same. I mean, it's Criterion. So this makes sense for the them. audience they were shooting for because as I was playing through the game, you know, there's like there's literally 13 episodes, I think 13 mm-hmm. or 12, and they have seven events apiece. That's over 100 races. That's pretty long. Yeah, and I was trying this gold approach <laughs> and going to myself, I'm never going to complete this game. That sounds like Ridge Racer Six. Yeah, <laughs> but not as quite as bad. Insane. That was Black. Is that BlackRock? Are they? Yeah. Was it Disney Interactive or? I think they're all the same thing, thing now. Yeah. That's uh, a good game. Vanquish. We talked about best racer this year, at least. Um. I don't think I played any racer this year. Vanquish. We talked about Amnesia: The Dark Descent. Yeah. I played that. I haven't beat it yet. Yeah. But you yeah. haven't either. No. You have no intention to. Um. Maybe. I, my, my current environment isn't conducive to computer gaming, so I can't yeah. enjoy myself and sit down. If I had like a good chair and a good desk, I could probably do it, but I don't... That's mainly... Have you liked happening. what you've played? Yeah, no, it's really cool. I mean, early in the game when you're going through the water and that invisible guy is chasing you... I stopped playing at that part. Yep. Because it's When I was telling scary. you, I was like, I've had to stop playing. 
That was one of the more frightening things I've ever seen. Oh, it was frightening as hell. But once I figured it out and I got to the end and I was like, okay, I have to go back. Yeah. And then I went <laughs> back and pulled the lever. Yeah. And I had the thought of, do I just pull it and it's up or do I pull it and it goes up and comes down? Yeah, right, and right, like, right. Me and too, in, me and too. in the 10 seconds it took me to weigh that option, I was like, I'm just going to go and look. And sure as shit, it goes up and comes back down. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, God damn it. And right there I went, done. Yeah. And then I came back to it a couple of days later, and I was like, I'm not going to let that... I'm not going to let a game like... I'm not going to let a game like that beat me because of that. Right. I'll let that game like that beat me because I get too scared to play. Hmm. Or, like, I'm just like, I can't handle it anymore. So I went, and, like, I, I moved a little bit further, and I got to the other side of the tunnel. I got past the first part where you're having to slam the doors behind you because it's coming after mm-hmm. you. That's terrifying. And I, know. I got into that it's next brilliant. castle room with that crazy like centipede baby head fountain thing I'm gonna get there or maybe I don't, it's at the I don't end know. of that at the end of that sequence you come out like to the other side of the castle and there's a fountain in front of you and there's like that there's like a fountain with like this weird like centipede thing with wings and like a weird cherub face I got there and I stopped playing just because I was done for that session um yeah that game's really good the game's just like Penumbra but with a lot more polish like they're obviously getting it, they're getting markedly better at their. So are they ethics. like the American Kingsfield developers from software. They might be. Actually, I was thinking that. Yeah. But their horror is pretty scary. It is, yeah. Kingsfield's horror is a mind horror. It requires you to abstract what you're seeing and, and sort of fill in the gaps with your own. Kingsfield terror. horror is like the kind of th- there's like when I was little, when I was a little kid and lived in a house with a basement, I would stand in the closet in the basement. And I don't know why, but it used to scare me. But it used to scare me in a way that I was like, "That's scary." Okay, I'm really scared. I'm gonna leave the closet. Right, you know right, what I mean? Right, right. Am- the amnesia stuff for the—I can't remember the name of that developer. Frictional. Their horror is actually just kind of like this is pretty genuinely scary. And the right. fact that it's Lovecraft inspired and done pretty well, and not like a big octopus face monster. Right. In your, you know, I like that a lot. I. But that's where I'm at. One of the like one of the. Two PC, I guess you would say legitimate PC games I played this year, and I put Minecraft on here because I didn't buy it, but you've played the web-based one, right? Like you've, you, you yeah. messed around with it, and I messed around with it. And I guess the only thing we can say about it still is I think it's an important thing, but it's not something that I want. Yeah, it's to not really a, a game, but it's pretty impressive. And the problem is that uh, I mean, it's really like some other people have said. The problem with Minecraft is the more he tries to make it like a game, the worse it, yeah, the worse the experience yeah. is. Because that's not what that game should be about. I mean, if it was like if it was if it was two thousand and I was eighteen and I was <laughs> drinking nothing but diet coke and eating kettle corn <laughs> and I had like no responsibilities, Minecraft, I don't have to be to work till five. Yep, Minecraft <laughs> would be amazing. Yeah, and it was Christmas break. Oh yeah, Minecraft would be amazing. Sure, but anybody who's played with Legos, I think, would could yeah. see it the the merit. But at this point in my life. I have to look at these things from a perspective that's like... <laughs> at this point in our lives, we need to play games that are within four. Right. Or, <laughs> but yeah, exactly. Or basically, it's like, I have to look from a bird's eye and say, which of these things do I want to commit myself to? Yeah. I think it's an important thing, and it's, it's something else I'd look at and go, all of these, like, 14-year-old kids playing it and, like, constructing the Enterprise yeah. out of blocks and, like, building these workable machines from inside of a game... Like, what are their brains going to be like when they, like, get to something that... Brilliant. ...just lets them do whatever they want? Brilliant. 
So then there's a couple Flash games. So there's Achievement Unlock 2, Fault Line, Loved, Shoot First, Tower of Heaven. I only put Shoot... I put Shoot First in there because... I don't even remember what Shoot First was. Shoot First is the um, that Metroid roguelike. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. God, I was going to write his name down, but I forgot it. it Fuck, that's real bad. That's Thomas real Hank bad. Thomas What is it? That's real bad. <laughs> Fuck. Let me look it up real quick while I'm sitting here. Well, um, there's no reason I can't do that. Well, um, there's also that Hero Core game. That was this year, wasn't it? Yes. So, of all those games, are any really worth talking about in this discussion, do you think? Um, I don't know that we need to talk about them individually, but I just wanted to put them on there because I don't think a lot of people... I think a lot of people don't really consider them to be worthy of even mentioning because they're like, oh, it's just a Flash game that was for free. And, you know, so many of these Flash games end up being something that ends up, you know, getting bigger. <laughs> Bo Blythe! Yeah, that makes sense. Sorry. Sorry, Mr. Blythe. Anyway, I just put Shoot First in there because I couldn't decide which of all those games is, like, the best. That just one, that one seemed to be the most, like, complete and, like, fleshed out. Yeah. And I just think it's important, like, you know, a lot of places, other than probably a, some podcasts that probably cover specifically indie games or Flash games, no one even talks about them. No. Especially something like Tower of Heaven. Tower of Heaven. Or Fault Line. Is probably on my top ten list, if there were. I'd say Fault Line, because I really enjoyed that game. Tower of Heaven is fucking amazing. <sighs> Tower crazy. of Heaven is... I've listened to that. I bought that soundtrack. I did too. Once I found, I was like, "You can buy this fucking." Yeah, game? and I've yeah. listened to it a lot. I mean, it's some of the best music I've heard this year. In that way, that it appeals to that aspect of me that's live mm-hmm. and playing Game Boy games. That's an amazing, amazingly beautiful game. It's really well done. It's 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 well done to the point where it's like you would you would think that the people who made it actually made Game Boy games at one point. Yeah, and were like really studied in how to get the most out of that console. Sure, I agree with that. Um. Loved just because I thought that was a really interesting experience. Yeah. Um, Fault Line I really liked. Achievement Unlocked 2 was just something I had played and I thought it was just kind of a funny game. There's so many. I mean, you could just go on forever because right. there's, there's new one every day that's amazing. But I think Tower of Heaven and Fault Line were probably the two most important ones I wanted to at least mention. Podcast 1980X. I wish I could speak in Technicolor. Color. Not everybody. A game that a lot of people seem to make fun of and then say, but it's good. It's not. 
Yeah, it's, it's just really not good. Not a good game. It's just not good. So there some a wise man in one of the gaff threads was there was a thread that had heavy rain in it or something. I forget what the fuck the, the point of it was. But um, someone put the, the someone wrote in earnest the the hackneyed line of I didn't re I I didn't really I didn't have a good time with heavy rain, but I appreciate I appreciate what it was trying to do. Mm -hmm. And this one guy's reply was, "You shouldn't appreciate what heavy rain is trying to do." Yeah, I agree. And I was like, that's dead on. It's insulting, it's dangerous, it's just dead. it's bad all around. It's like, it's not even... Legitimately hard, bad. Too long. It's like, what it is trying... Not only is what it... Not only is its aim not something I like or want to see, mm -hmm. it's poorly done. Yeah. Like, I guess maybe if you can make a really good game in that style, you might convince me to go, alright, these might have their place. But man... Mass Effect 2 is do better. A hundred times. And it's not even... One of the best games of the year. It's right. one of the better games of the year. God, Heavy Rain is so bad. And if we meet Talk Radar again at PAX this year, I'm going to go, how do you guys make so much fun in that game? And then say, it's pretty good. Oh, makes me throw my hands up. Yeah, I still don't, I especially don't understand since it based, they're probably some of the most traditionalist yeah. video gamers that there are, and they're still even giving this game some slack. It I think part of, of it is that for them and for a lot of people even for myself in some part and you and probably for you too when you first saw it and you're like I kind of want to play that game it's a uh, um, um, it's still kind of like a remnant of when you were a kid and you're like man when these games look like real people they're going to be amazing yeah probably I agree with that and it's kind of finally getting kind of getting there and it's like this game is fucking terrible you're right man this is where we're going to get this is going to be short, too, because Kirby's Epic Yarn, you haven't played it, right? Who cares about that game? I like really? It. All right. Huh. All right. I like it. It's cute. Like a dog is cute. That's it. That's it. And my girlfriend can play it, because it's easy. Really easy. Metroid Other M. Metroid Other M, I bet you I would love if I played it, but I didn't, so I can't talk about it, so I won't. I have no desire to keep playing that game. I put about th four hours into it, and man, is the missile mechanic some of the worst yeah. shit ever. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. It's some of the worst shit ever, to the point where it's really, like, when I enter a room and I can see how I'm going to have to dismantle this situation that involves missiles, I'm mm -hmm. like, ah, oh, God, man. <laughs> it's just, not, it's not fun. It's not fun. Yeah. It just isn't. Which is a shame because it feels, other than that, the feeling of that game feels very much like a Metroid game. Would it have been better if they went into slow motion when they did the missile thing? It'd be better if I didn't have to turn the Wiimote at the screen and it went first person. Yeah. If she just if if she just shot a missile from the third person perspective at whatever the most pertinent missile target is, like she does with her regular shots. Yeah. Then it would be totally fine. It'd be totally fine. Yeah. Slow motion would help it. Would because you'd have more time to re you'd have more time to reorient your Wiimote because when you flip it out to aim. The camera goes up to the ceiling because I'm not holding the Wiimote sideways in preparation to, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm holding yeah. like a controller, like up toward me. Yeah. It's just not. It feels like a thing that they did that they probably play tested and said, it's it's something people can get used to. Uh huh. So we don't have to like work on it any better, which is a shame. Because otherwise, it's pretty. I mean, it looks really good. It looks sharp. Feels like a Metroid game. The music feels sounds like Metroid. I'm not even that bothered yet by the Samus stuff. 
It just seems like that game should have had regular missiles firing from a third person's perspective, but an occasional situation where you have to swing the remote at the screen and it goes into slow motion. Yeah. Only once in a while. Like maybe for boss encounters. Sure. At the most. You know what I mean? <clears throat> I don't know. Same part of That's the second one. I don't remember how I was ordering anything. <laughs> it's up there. Me neither. It's probably behind... It's probably... F- near... Right behind Bayonetta. Bayonetta Sin and Punishment. Sin and Punishment 2 is... I mean, I have to put my two stupid games in front of everything else. One of the most amazing games ever made. Nobody is talking about it. Nobody. It's one of the best games for the Wii, and... No one talked about it. You couldn't even. Other than oh, that's a oh yeah, that happened, didn't it? I don't really know how to approach this game in terms of a summation (laughs) of how good it is at the end of the year, the beginning of another year. It's just I don't even think we've ever talked about it enough to give it justice. But we've talked about it a fair bit. The game does so many things that such few people understand or realize or recognize as genius. It's just like Bayonetta. Staggering. It's staggering how this amount of good design can go unnoticed. <laughs> yeah. Like But unlike Bayonetta, it doesn't have big hooks in it. Right. Bayonetta has the big hooks of her, basically right. is the biggest one. Yeah, punishment there's no compromise. Nothing. Has nothing. Incident and punishment. It's a fucking video <laughs> game brought from nineteen ninety three. You know? Yeah. And like pulled out into the third dimension. Yeah. And just shoved down your face. And yeah. It's just gorgeous and the boss design's amazing. Boss design. The story is it's totally treasure. It means nothing and it means so much at the same time. It's totally bizarre. It makes total sense to some man. And just it's like together. every other treasure story where it's like you can take it as a as a sure. bare bones context to explain what you're doing. Or you can look at it and go a really depressed empty man wrote this story. Yeah. It's the best kind of art. It's it's the kind of art that suggests a lot but says a little. Yeah. Great. That's exactly what a video game should do. <laughs> yeah, man. Stereo boss gets big points alone. Definitely. All the bosses. All the bosses are amazing. Some guy was like sitting on his floor in front of his stereo speakers and was like, I'd like to fight these. <laughs> That's a great boss. I like that boss. Uh, I don't remember her name. The fucking witch you fight on the lake with the birds, and like if you hit, you have to hit oh. the right color birds. I don't like her. It was difficult, but once I figured out what I was supposed to do, I was like, I kind of like that. It's kind of like pu- it's kind of puzzly. I, I like, like the, the guy b- before that too with the squares, or he's like knocking the cubes down and he's crawling up the. Oh. Bu- I don't really like many of the bosses that aren't. Um the artificial core type bosses. <laughs> I like the submarine boss because it looked amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like the final boss. I like the boss over the water. The bizarre blob-like man that just oh, turns yeah. into darkness. <laughs> Dark dancing dolphins running at you and throwing... Turns turns into alien forms that bizarre. are... Bizarre. Turns into alien forms that are probably alien to even the people in that world. Like, I've never even seen this. And look at the world I live in. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great game. Amazing. All I remember is when we talked about that when I had played it. 
I, for some reason, it stuck with me because I feel like it's just like a statement you would make. It's like that castle looks like every castle and no castle, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And only within the context of a game like that would you be like, "Yep." Yep, makes total sense. <laughs> total sense. That's a great game. Buy it. One of the only Buy reasons it. 2010, or one of the only things in 2010 that gave me any hope for some sort of classic vein of video games to succeed into the future. I have, I have no. I have no worries anymore. Especially after seeing uh, Crimson Clover. Right? Is that what it's called? Sure. Yeah, I understand what you're saying there, but... Something of that caliber being, like, produced by one man in a basement. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Yeah, I hear you. I feel the same way. Uh... So now we're back to XBLA titles because of how this is ordered. (laughs) Uh, Afterburner Climax. You didn't play it, right? I wouldn't... Yeah, I, I played it. I put yeah, the demo, and that was a lot. That's another game that compresses a lot into a very small span of time. Yeah, the demo was it. The demo was the game, for all intents and purposes. And yeah. I didn't really miss out much. Miss out on much by not playing the game. I don't you think. Didn't. It's. Really I just didn't find it that easy. Yeah. But it's. I don't know. But it's cool looking. I'm glad it's there. Yeah. Uh, Harmony of Despair. Dropped. That game's one of those like embarrassing moments that you remember a year later. <laughs> and you're just about that, huh? I don't know. I signed I on feel like, for a little while. Yeah, <laughs> I just feel like that was something from ten years ago in my life that I regret. You know, it just feels. It does that, have that feeling. It feels that distant and just. It feels like it feels like when you remember about your game zone days. And you're like, I did buy that game, didn't I? Yeah, what was I thinking? I did have that game. Why the fuck did I buy Mark of Cree? <laughs> Alright, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Comic Jumper. Great game. Great game. You still haven't bought it or played it. No. Terrible mistake. Do you agree with the sentiment that... Terrible mistake. I know you I know you probably don't, but... A lot of people seem to be, agree with the fact that... That's a really good game, except for the parts where it's a game. But you liked where it was a game. <laughs> it wasn't as bad as everyone makes it out to be in terms... It, it, yeah. As far as a game goes. As far as gameplay goes. The gameplay segments could have been shorter. Yeah. And there could have been more variety. But, uh... I don't know. If you can seriously... But I guess it seems if a person like they put just critic, as much effort into the non-game as the game. So. Oh, way more, yeah. So if, it's like, well, it balances. If, if, you can, if you're some sort of critic and you can consider Heavy Rain to be a video game, <laughs> and, you know, it's gameplay worthy of being consideration of game of the year or even getting an 8 or even a 7 then I don't know how you can't see the merit to Comic Jumper I mean it Comic Jumper goes in the direction that games should be going Heavy Rain is trying to turn them into movies in a totally fucking terrible, bizarre way. You know, Comic Jumper is like celebrating what video games are and who really likes video games. And, you know, it's speaking to those people in the language they understand. Heavy Rain is talking to a group of people who it's trying to, like, it's trying to hook into. Like, people who watch Law and Order and CSI and watch television shows and serialized dramas and that kind of shit. But those people don't like video games. No. 
for totally different reasons than just the controls. Yeah, they can't grasp the controls, but there's a lot more to video games that they don't like. Comic Jumper's great. Um, Costume Quest? I feel like we talked, I talked about it on the last podcast. I don't want to talk about it anymore. It's a good solid game, but the DLC sucks. Um, I would like to see a more earnest sequel. <laughs> Whatever makes you happy. Death by Cube. <laughs> Death by Cube's a great game. Great XBLA game. One of the most overlooked games this year, even in its genre, even in its respective genre. When I was making the list and I was kind of having to result to Wikipedia to be like, what came out this year to make sure I get it all straight and remind myself? And I saw that and I was like, fuck, that did come out this year. Hey man, that's a great game. It was almost one of those things where it was like, did that ever come out? Oh, I guess it did. And it was... It's one of the more it's one of the more dynamic, interesting arena shooters that have that's ever been made. It's just that its difficulty curve is too way too steep for people to climb, and it asks way too much of a player, of of Eastern players, or I'm sorry, of Western players at least. <laughs> I still think you should buy that game. There's tons of games that you don't have, and I just can't even fathom why you don't have them. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um. Guwange. It's a cave game. I'm glad that came, it's a cave game. I'm glad that came out. Um, I like that game a lot. We already talked about it, though. Last podcast. Pac-Man Championship Edition DX. 47th. Or at least I was at a time. 147th in that game. It's great that moved when you say that, no one has to ask you on what board. It's nope. funny that like the whole community is just like, well, it's the first one. Obviously, it's the one everyone's going to play. I just find that really interesting. And I wonder if the creators are just like... Some guy who worked so hard on the other ones. Just like, no one's playing my level. Yeah, well, I mean, definitely the I other ones. I worked so hard on the pattern. Yeah, I know. know. I've, I've played a lot of the other levels just to see what they're like. And they're really creative. At first, I knocked them originally. But they're really creative. It's unfortunate that they don't have the staying power because everyone's hovering around that first level. I suppose it speaks to... If the boards changed weekly and you had no choice, <laughs> that'd be way more interesting. That would be way more interesting. I suppose it speaks to how, regardless of, uh, regardless of the fact that it's been made easier and or dumbed down from the original, or from the from the first release, it speaks to how good the gameplay is of that game when only when one board out of eight or nine supports almost the entire community yeah and supports hours and hours and hours of my life being wasted <laughs> that was one of the games I played most this year believe it or not I mean I sat there at, at times like I did for pacifism I sat there for like an hour or two hours in front of that screen just playing that one level over and over again over and over again pure total mind melt man <laughs> I was seeing that pattern in my sleep I was playing the games in my sleep. That's only ever that's only ever happened. It has that that didn't even happen to me for pacifism. The only games that I've ever seen when I closed my eyes were Mario Kart, 
and Tetris. Yeah, we'll say Tetris. And now Pac-Man. Did you buy the PSN Tetris? No. Do you have any intention to? Yeah, I really do. Yeah, I have this like, like same reaction. I'm like, ah. It's just that it's on it's PSN. It's kind of like a slick, awesome version of Tetris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. It's just on PSN. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll compete against... <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Space Invaders Infinity Gene. That was another great game. That's another good game. Yeah, a lot of good XBLA games. That's another Death by Cube. Where it's For like, sure. That came out, and I haven't checked it in a little bit to see the leaderboards. I wonder how many people have finally bought it. Last I checked, it was only like 9,000. It's funny, the people who played it all really love it, so... Yeah, I because the people who play it are probably crazy enough about shooters to be like, I'll play anything that comes out at least once. True. But it's just it's hard to sell a game like that to people... Who with such a poor demo and with such a weird uh, aesthetic, you know? Like, how do you even push that? I don't even think it's a weird. I mean, I don't think it's a weird aesthetic. It reminds me of Dreamcast games, like we talked about. But the <clears throat> the real the real like genius of the game being like this weird sort of filtered and slightly altered like visual history of the genre. Yeah. Like yeah, like you were saying, does not come across in the demo at all. No. Not at all. I guess all I can hope is that the two guys who worked on it are still there. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, um, Super Meat Boy? God, another great, amazing game. They were just fucking dropped on me this like past couple months. Super Meat Boy is ridiculously good. I feel like I'm missing There's something just there. too much. There's just too much. It's too big. There's you really, think so? Oh, it's so big. It's too long. You know, I beat the game and I'm about halfway through the Dark World. Um, not because it's too hard, I just... The only thing that's preventing... You know, the difficulty... It's to the point where I'm good enough at the game. The difficulty isn't preventing me from playing anymore. It's the idea that I have to play so many levels to accomplish something. <laughs> you know? I guess maybe if I was unlocking one or two new things. That's kind of why I liked... Um, or that's kind of why I think N Plus is really weird episodic thing worked out way better for it. Because it, it you're like playing like five levels. It felt like you weren't doing as much? Yeah, it felt like you weren't doing as much, but at the same time it felt like you were uncom- accomplishing something because you were unlocking the next tier. So Yeah, like, like every visually time... you were seeing like a progress exactly. quick, more quickly than... Exactly. Yeah. But once you get done with Meat Boy's main campaign and you have to do the Dark World and uh, Cotton Candy Alley or whatever it's called... There's like nothing to to push you through that other than your desire to just want to hate yourself and want to abuse yourself. You can do the I want to be the guy level. <laughs> Deal with that. I can't even fathom <laughs> a world that exists where I beat that level. The I want to be the guy level. Kudos to anyone who's beaten that thing. Oh my god. <laughs> that has to be the hardest platforming level maybe in existence. Uh... And then, um, the only other award we can give is the best game nobody played, including us, to Toy Soldiers. Yeah. I agree with that 100%. I bet that game's real fun. (laughs) (laughs) I bet it's really fun. It looks amazing. And aren't they supposed to have... Yeah. Did the DLC or whatever has come out? Yeah. Where it was aliens and stuff? Yeah. God damn. Who knows? You know, who knew? Man, I feel bad. Yeah. It's like a whole world someone worked on and created, and it's amazing. And it's like, I, I gotta pass. Yeah. No thanks. Yeah. I love that sandwich, but I don't want to eat it. 
<laughs> yep. That's really funny. <laughs> I can't help it. Um, and so the last cup, the last we have here is the um, uh, Xbox Live Indie Games. Just I don't know why I worded it this way. Uh, <laughs> it's really climactic. And now the I moment know. everyone's been waiting for. I don't know why. I don't remember why I organized this. Only six feet, but I'm bald like I'm six two. Spray paint shit that graffiti don't stick to. I'm on the grind 'cause my hustle is official. Chilling at the house, you could call my crib the igloo. I'm too legit to describe to you with other rhymes, but they stick to your mind like a thick glue. I've had fights, though I'm not a very big dude. But with the pad and pencil, I can bench move for Rigno. Yellow on the outside, brown through and through. So my niggas call me Big Newton, one equipped to spit through brick walls, stick straw, bend blue the house down. When I Came to town, all the bigs move. You talking down? That's a bitch move. We hold it down. That's a Rick food. They cheer us on with the. Oh, the only other thing about we I could talk about is Monster Hunter. Try. Uh, I just I can't get into that game. That's a mind. That's a Goliath thing. Like I don't really want to cross this ocean. No. It's definitely. It's really well put together. It looks really good. Period. Not even just for a Wii game. Mm -hmm. Some a group of men have put a lot of time into that game and a lot of mechanics. And a lot of information and causes and effects and all this stuff. Yeah. But fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Inferno, Joy Joy, and Revolver 360. Is it Revolver 360 or is it Revolver? Revolver 360. Is it? Okay. Revolver 360 is better than a, hand, a good handful of these games we've mentioned. Crossfire 2. Oh, that's right. Is one of the best. Two. Was that were were all the Crossfire games this year? Feels like they were. Well, the, sec two? the second one just came out, and uh, the first one I don't remember if it was the beginning of this year or early or late last year. But I say it was Crossfire Two is just you know the, the first game basically, but more polished. Yeah. And it's actually interesting to play. It's actually a very good game. Yeah. Yeah. Crossfire. I played the. I've played the demo at least. Play Crossfire and Two. I, and I kind of felt like by the end of the demo, I had seen. I'd seen what the game had, and I didn't really want to buy the game. Buy Crossfire 2. I can do that right now, actually. There are these really odd arrangements. You know how the game structure, right? Yeah. Well, there are these really odd arrangements of ships, and they're kind of put together like Warning Forever or like Lego pieces. And some are like generators for <laughs> shields. Yeah. That as long as they're connected to pieces, those pieces can't be destroyed. So you have to like disassemble. Oh boy. Yeah, you have to disassemble these kind of fleets in between going wow. up and down. Yeah, it's very smart. It's very smart, and like they put a lot more time into it than the first one. The first one was like, "Hey, this works." Yeah. Let's put it out there. Yeah. Uh, but this game's like a more complete game. It expands on the. When stuff like that happens, especially with um, rating games, that reminds me of like <clears throat> old old computer games. Like, where you'd have iterations on a formula within the same year. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't really, like, a, a hassle. Because, mm -hmm. like, the, the the financial investment or whatever was pretty low. Right. And you're like, that's great. I enjoyed that first effort, but now this effort's so much better. Right. And the next one will be so much better. Yeah. It's interesting. That's it. That is pretty anticlimactic. Yeah. What are you going to yeah. do? So, near Deadly Premonition... 
Bayonetta. Sin and Punishment. Final Fantasy Thirteen. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, Thirteen soundtrack helps it, even though I haven't yep. finished it. For sure. And yeah, the fact that it looks there. better than any game, any other game I've played this year, and probably a lot of games last year, it looks better than Uncharted Two. Most notable, we didn't mention God of War Three at all. I didn't play that game. Yeah, who really cares? No. There's a couple games. Black Ops. True. Brotherhood. I don't give a fuck about Brotherhood. <laughs> Fable Three. Sorry, Mark. We could. We should have Mark here for one game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Fable 3 looks like the worst game I've ever seen. How yeah, the more, the more I kind of glean just over time about it, the less I want to see it. Sad to think that, that Fable That pause 2 menu sounds abysmal. I know, right? Or the inventory, all that shit. Yeah, I agree. That sounds abysmal. I agree. What else? I can't. Black Ops. Black Ops, I think, is the biggest thing because it it's another kind of like, a, well, I should play that, I guess. I As time goes on, I have less and less interest in even play it. I don't even care this time. Yeah. Fist and the North Star would be somewhere on this list if I had bought it. Guaranteed. I'm waiting for it to drop in price, and I will buy it for sure. I can't believe that. I have a bad feeling that game's never going to drop in price because it's sold so poor. Like Armored Core 4 Answer. <laughs> Is that a good game? <laughs> it's from. I mean, I have to assume it's it alright. I'm going to say it's a good game. Do you have it? No. Oh. I dropped out of that series. Go watch videos of I it. dropped out of that series because it started getting, like, front mission. In this levels one, of like I don't want to deal with part numbers. In this one, you're flying across a giant desert mm. that is burying a city. Oh. So why is it there? What happened to this world? Nobody knows. Nobody, Nobody knows. knows what's happening. And the uh, the battles are taking place on mechs the size of multiple cities. <laughs> <laughs> and you are just basically oh man attacking them like a fly would attack a battleship. That's and everything is ruined, and there are no colors, and <laughs> no it's colors. just is depressing, there's no, there's and no, it's just abysmal. No happiness. There's no happiness. No brightness. That sounds like a from game. It sounds just like a from. Sounds game. like a from game. Did you play Galaxy Two? No. That's that would have probably been on here had I. It's though. weird that the Wii had its strongest year, and it was still kind of like mm, sin and punishment. But there's a lot going mm, on. There's a lot going on out there. Aside from the Wii, outside of the Wii. I didn't play Donkey Kong Country Returns, and I think I would talk about that a lot had I. I really? Did you see the concept art for that? Yeah. Why, why didn't the game look, look like, like that? I don't know. Right? I mean, the first shot, I was like, why does it look like that? Could you imagine a game even looking like that concept art? It looked fucking And it amazing. didn't look like it's something they couldn't do. No. Not at all. Angular oh and weird. God, it like, looked amazing. I guarantee that was Nintendo saying, we no, kind of want... It was definitely Nintendo. We kind of want Donkey Kong to stay looking like Donkey Kong, so just keep him like Donkey Kong. Donkey the first, Kong. The first thing I saw, or the, the first shot I saw on him was like really angular and like yeah. really sharp lines, and yeah. I was like, Nintendo. Nintendo swiftly was like, mm-hmm. Why didn't they just let him do it? That game would have been getting such accolades. I just don't get... It's retro. They took care of Metroid I just don't get amazingly. Why, I, just, I just don't get why you would give a game... Why you would give retro? Yeah. Why would you? Why would you use retro as the way you've used them in the past, and then go, just make it look like the Super Nintendo? Yeah, I agree. It's basically just like giving them money. It's like you can accomplish this task. We know you can. We're not asking you to be creative. We're just giving you paychecks for the next year and a half. Will you? This great concept art, actually. Um, actually, Donkey Kong. We want it to look basically like the Super Nintendo game. Awesome. Actually, you can just make it look like the Super Nintendo one. People will buy it anyway. 
we've we've done some markets research. Well, we've got this great concept art, and it's okay. Our... Actually, the models we used for the Super Nintendo one, what? you can just import those right into to your programs today. Well, I don't know if that'll work just, out, but just put in some more polygons. Oh. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. I... Here's your paycheck. <laughs> Here's a sack full of money uh... from Nintendo HQ. <laughs> okay, I'll do it. Ah. Uh... God of War can we 3. can we publish the the concept art in a couple months? We'll table that for now. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Castlevania. <laughs> That's a mess. I walked by that in the store and was like, "Why does this exist?" <laughs> That's what I said. I said 2010 is going to be remembered as a fucking bizarre year, and in every respect, it is. Blur. Blur. <laughs> what the fuck happened this year? It was like a shotgun blast to the face. I don't even really remember what's happening. <clears throat> Mindjack's out next week. Two weeks. Are we going to talk about 2011 game now? There's so many games. There's so many. Do we want to? No. We're doing do these that. monthly, but by the next time we record, it'll be February. I can't and then do what that. are we talking about? There's too many games. Are there really? Yes! <laughs> The last podcast is in captivity. The galaxy is at peace. For more, go to www.podcast198text.com. Thanks for listening. I love you.